Episode 23. Scrapcast. UFC 300. TKO KO. Nunez return. Clean Connor. All that and more tonight on Scrapcast. Scrapcast live in the area. As always, your host, Ace, Mr. Will. Mr. Will, how we doing? Doing good today, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. It's good to be back. Yes, sir. All right. So, um, got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, speculations, big cards, possible rumors, the whole shabazz. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to get into before we start? No, we got a lot. We got a lot to catch up on. We got a lot. To, you want to talk about True Detective season four? I feel like we did a lot of that before we started recording. It's <laughs> all <laughs> with the bites. All right. Um, okay. We need this fucking bitch. All right. Um, well, let's just start uh, at UFC 297. Uh, big pay per view um, from Canada. UFC going back after a long time. Really weird card would be the weird would be the words that I would describe it as. Um, yeah, I mean, in so many ways, in so many ways, <clears throat> not favorable to the hometown fighters at all. Um, questionable. Well, let's be honest, right? Like the males went zero and seven. Okay, but the females went two and zero. Okay, well, seven and two <laughs> or two and seven is not good. No, it's not That's good. That's not good. It's not good. Um, I'd be hard pressed to remember a card where the hometown did that bad. Well, let's be honest, Canadian dudes can't fight, so you got a point there. <laughs> Except there were a couple of legit uh, Canadian contenders on I know, this one. I know. And I've got I've got love for Canada. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just fucking around, eh? Uh, I mean I don't after that card, like between the refing, the judging. I don't know, yeah. man. There could have been some in the water. That card was all right all right let's get back to it Uh, (laughs) okay main event sean strickland uh losing his championship to drickus duplessis pretty close fight very close fight yeah could have went either way um i had it three rounds to two for ddp i know you had it three rounds to two for sean strickland um, regardless of who you thought won the fight, if, if Strickland would have got the nod, I wouldn't have been upset. Um, right. I don't think that you necessarily were upset that DDP got the nod. It was a really close fight. It's, it's, it is, it is. It's the way the judging criteria is set up. It's very subjective and you get fights like this and it really highlights how subjective the scoring criteria is. Um, you can look at, and, and also the 10-point must system, which we, I know we keep going back to, right? So you've got... Get the shovels. <clears throat> I know. So you've got your round one, clearest round for Strickland, 
round four, clearest round for duplesses. <laughs> but those are the only truly clear rounds for either fighter. Agreed. Right, so now you have to start looking at two, three, and five. Um, I gave five to Strickland, and I gave two to Strickland. Right. So I had it one, two, and five for Strickland, and I gave Duplessis three and four. That was how I had it. Exactly, cool. exactly. I had it two, three, and four for DDP. Yeah. So it was really... So that round two would have been... The one that could have gone either way. That could have gone either way. Well, and to some people, it was even round three. A lot of it, what came down to was, um, you know, power strikes versus... um, Volume. Volume Mm -hmm. was a big point, you know. Um, So, but without dissecting it too much, the one takeaway that I really had from it was just that um, there was a lot of talk of robbery afterwards. And when a fight is that close, it can't be... Robbery. It can't be robbery one way or the other. Yeah. Right? Um, And each one of these guys probably could have done more to cement a more clear victory. 100%. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, But that's what we have. But that's what they did. That's what we have to judge. I know. And it was a split decision. So even the guys seeing it ringside were seeing it the same way we were. It was like, just it was so close. Yeah. And until... uh, we come up with a better way of being able to judge a better judging system or whatever, yeah. something, you know, using technology or some other way of, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, so, it, so again, w- w- the thing I want to highlight is look at round four, clear round for Duplessis, but he still gets the same 10-9 as for round two, which I was know. the hotly contested yeah. round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the scoring should find a way to highlight how one of those rounds is a clearer round than the other. I know. Yeah, I agree. That that would help. I know that doesn't, you know, help anybody watching the fights. I just know. I just but... don't understand, like, how the judges don't have, like, you know, like the fight metrics right there so that they can see it. I don't understand how they don't have, like, replays. I mean, when it comes to a championship, I would have no problem, especially when it's that close, if they took longer to make their decision. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if they went back and re-looked at some shit or whatever. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think that there are ways that we could utilize the technology that we have and figure out a better system of being able to do that. And not only that, but then you have the criteria of how it's supposed to be judged, but then it's not universal because certain... Oh, yeah. You know? Um, oh, yeah. And and that was the thing, like, because I remember us talking about this. Um, I had forgotten this card was being held in Canada. Yeah. And as soon as you find out it's being held in Canada, for me as a fan, I have to start questioning what the judging criteria is and if it's changed at all because it's in Canada or even what rule set is being exactly because well, it's in Canada. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, well, and the rule set was like the old school rule set. And I don't know about the judging criteria if that also reflected because like the modern day is supposed to be damages like the the number one like right. contributing factor. I don't know if that's necessarily what they practice. It didn't seem like it, but I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of UFC cards recently that doesn't seem like damage is the number one, you know, criteria. You got a bunch of huggers winning fucking fights, and I'm like, what the fuck? I know. We'll get into that. I know. Anyways, really close fight. Nobody should say it's a fucking robbery. Um, the co-main event, though, was a huge robbery. <laughs> Every fan <laughs> was robbed. that watched that fight got robbed about half hour of their life so i don't yeah so it was definitely discouraging i think was the word that i would use best for it um being nice you had yeah you had 
uh, Myra Silva, who's been a finisher and been, you know, just somebody that's been, I mean, literally hunting down the opponent and finding, you know, the submission yeah. in all of her previous fights. Yeah. She goes out there, lays an egg. I don't know what that's about. Just like not choosing to engage. You have Rocky, who this, who, you know, fights out of Colorado. This looked like, especially with the performance, the way that uh, Silva was performing, this looked like this was going to be Raquel's, uh, you know, big celebration. This was going to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All she had to do was throw punches and move forward. And she and her, and her coaches are are pleading with Begging. her, just just throw your hands and move forward. I know. And she continues to grapple with her. Every time she threw punches, she would land, and it looked like they would hurt. And she yeah. just chose not to go and yeah. do that. Yeah, it it brings up all sorts of questions because you really believe that Rocky could have finished that fight whenever she wanted to in any of those rounds because yep. as soon as she starts building momentum, like you said, she lands. You can tell it hurts. There's not a, not good enough striking defense on Silva's part. Um, she's getting tagged, and Raquel immediately moves into a clinch. Yeah. And I know she got a couple of takedowns, but it it was just so, so interesting to see that kind of fight IQ on display. Yeah, exactly. What, what was really going on? It yeah, literally, exactly. And then at the end, for it being, you know, as much of a, you know, kind of stall out uh, performance by both opponents. Then they both like hugged and afterwards. And it's just like, what's going on here? You know, um, it was almost like Pennington had money on it going the distance. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, or, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Or somebody. Both, yeah, exactly. You know? Some, some, some way they both agreed to not have a fight, you know, even though it was for <laughs> the time. I don't, I don't get it. Um, the one thing though, that, um, was even more discouraging for me than that performance, which is questionable, but is um, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe like the sort of sexism in the sport. And I'm probably not gonna get a fucking you know bunch of people um happy about this. But I don't really care. I constantly see you know women have performances that are you know very action packed. That are you know that end up having, you know, most of the time when women fights are on the card, it's something that I'm looking forward to because I know that both of them are going to scrap. Right. Sometimes with men, you know, it can be a little bit more technical. We don't necessarily get a fight. More often than not, with female fighters, you get a fight. I look forward to those. Then we get a championship <laughs> fight, and it's a stall-out stall performance, and everybody's like, oh, women's MMA sucks. You don't hear that, you know. They're, when 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 we have when we have Tyrone Woodley and fucking Wonder Boy have yeah. a stall out fest for that title, no you don't you don't say. Sucks. Yeah, we get, need to get, get rid of saying. we we need to get rid of men's <clears throat> MMA. But what, you hear it with the female. I get what you're saying. Here here's my point. How many fights were on this card in total? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and three of them were women's fights. Yes. So 33% of the women's fights sucked on this card. 33% of the women's fights. Yes. So so because there's less women's fights overall, right. one bad fight leaves a worse taste in your mouth and is a larger sample size of women's MMA overall because there's so many men's fights. Yeah, okay. I mean, but at the same time, like, there's also less like women's divisions there's less 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's so, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So so everything they do matters more. It's a it's a bigger part of the overall. But 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 should they be held to a higher standard than the men? Is my is my point. We're not talking about getting rid of the men based on the stall out performance of two male fighters. I get with what you're saying. I do. But I'm also saying like let's let's be honest here. Okay. So you you can't deny that there was and always has been that stigma for women's MMA. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's so, been built so, in. so that's yeah. part of it, right? Right. And so fights like that reinforce it. Yes. Right? And so when there's less female fights overall and you have one go that way, like you could have one of these men's fights be a shitty fight and nobody would care because we have Oh th- oh there was more than I know, one. Because we have nine other men's fights to watch, is yes. my point. Yes. But but if you're talking about women's MMA and you had three fights and one of them shit the bed, that's a larger it's a larger percentage of the women's fights that sucked. So everything makes a larger contribution or take or takes away far more <laughs> from the overall when women's MMA experience. Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean... Do you see where I'm coming from uh, no, here? No, no. I, I understand with what you're saying. I do. I hear you. I hear with what you're saying. I do. My my point, I guess, is that, you know, like you said before, you were like, there's this stigma that's kind of built in from, like, prior, right? Mm-hmm. Before yeah. women were really accepted into the MMA <clears throat> circle. Yeah. And that was, like, ignorant and false. And so when these kinds of things happen... Like you said, they reinforce right. that kind of connotation, which, in my viewpoint, doesn't add any validity to the original viewpoint. I get with what you're saying as far as, like, there's less women fighting on the card. But let's also be honest. I mean, out of the other three women's fights, the, uh, you know, Jasmine uh, Davicius her performance she put on was fucking mauling. Yeah, yeah. She you know what I'm saying? Chair up. Yeah, I mean, probably fight. probably out of, like, everyone else that fought, like, there was the uh, Sydney fucking Tavares, which yep. was probably fight of the night, at least in my viewpoint. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad, but as far as one-sided just dominating, I mean, on this card, it was Jasmine Davicius. It was yep. the other women's fight on the card. So, I mean, that, okay, if there's less, I get with what you're saying, but then... Out of the three that there are, you have the most dominant performance being one of the women and one of the... And, and you're not wrong there. It just so happens that at the climax of the card, at the very end, for the title fight, you know... They laid an egg. They laid I, an egg. I, I got you. But I'm just saying. I get with what you're saying. You make sense. But my <laughs> point is also that... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I do. I do know what you're saying. And you're not wrong. Like there, I know I'm not wrong. There is, there is a different set of standards. Yeah. Um, the thing is, is it is what it is. Like, well, it is, it is what it is. If we like let that kind of shit like happen, you know what I'm saying? It's going to happen. You don't have any control. Ace Ace is petitioning all of you guys out there (laughs) listening to, to think with your fucking brain. That's what I'm fucking telling you. To not give women's MMA a hard time. And I'm here to tell you it's okay. (laughs) I'm not saying you can't give them a hard time. I'm saying fucking... You know, be realistic about it. You know, ha- have a reflect back how you would treat the men is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If you'd go, if you'd feel that way about the men, if if the fucking middleweights threw on a shitty, we'd be, be like, we're getting rid of all the middleweights. The UFC would get rid of all the small <laughs> weights. You know, they've done that before. True. Um, all right, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on from there. Um, we had Neil Magny um, getting a win over Mike Malott. Um, yeah. I mean... 
that was kind of like the overall feel of this card. I thought that the vets in more cases than not showed out over the new fighters for whatever reason in this card. And we'll talk about just some of that else. Like none of the, none of the male Canadian fighters showed up really. I mean, Mike Malott had two good rounds and then had nothing left. Mark Andre Barial didn't show up to actually fight with Chris Curtis. It was well, and Chris Curtis didn't show up to fight either, but that's Chris Curtis. So what are you going to expect? Yeah. Yeah. At least he didn't cry. And, and he was, well, he did. And he was trying to get the ref involved. Automatically, I, know, I was I like, know. this fucking guy. I know. In the Mike Malott fight, I thought, that he, I thought that he put on a really good performance up until he completely gassed out. That's what I'm saying. For two rounds, Yeah, he, he was did. beating the shit out of Neil yeah. Magny, who, that doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Neil Magny doesn't get beat up like that. So I thought that he did a good job. It was just that his inexperience, he blew his gas tank, and then the veteran was like, oh, guess what? We still got fight left, and was able to capitalize and get the stoppage. Yeah, I mean, it could be, or it could be the... Uh, stress or pressure from fighting in your in your native country that could have taken that on you right never happens you know you, no. know, you never get to do that <laughs> yeah yeah you never and you never get that uh yeah, adrenaline dump from not only fighting in your home you know a country but also being one of the top fights on the card i mean right. has he ever had a main event before no. even been close to it no, no. and so it it was a lot on his shoulders but yeah, I, I thought all things considered, you know, I thought that it was, I thought he did a good performance. I just think that he was ready to go, you know, for two and a half rounds and it was three rounds. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then we already talked about Crybaby Curtis. Um, what about um, the Arnold Allen, Mozar, Evloev fight? Yeah, there's another robbery. Um, I thought Arnold Allen clearly won that fight. I thought he was the only one there to fight. And I think the refs. Um, I'm going to blame the refs because I can, and I'll also blame uh, whatever unified rule set was on display for that fight because they stole a finish from Arnold Allen. Okay. Okay. So I agree that the hand being on the ground. No, fingertips. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I agree that it wasn't. I believe that it shouldn't have counted. I believe that they should have allowed the knees to continue to happen. All of that. I'm with you. Okay. The only reason I'm gonna say it's not a robbery is because that was that happened in the second round, right? Or the first round, first second round, and there was still more of the fight left. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you that they should have allowed it, and the fact that they didn't is some bullshit. But also the other thing I thought about was like from the ref's perspective, from his standing up and being able to see it, if he didn't make that judgment call. Here's my thing, okay? You have one guy making one judgment call from his own perspective. We have cameras set up all around the octagon that can see this shit. Why is it that, like, the ref can't be like, you know, if he thinks it's even questionable, why can't he have the replay to be like, oh, yeah, it wasn't. Those are legitimate knees. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. And I think and that's put one them of the back into the position and I, then have it yeah, continue. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and, and I love replay. I love it in all sports. I love that we have it. I love that this is one of the things that um, better technology has allowed us to do. The thing about it is in a, in a competition like an MMA fight right. where flow is what's important. Right. Right. And, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like what happens when... <laughs> you 
finally get an advantageous position. You're landing strikes. You, as a fighter, you're feeling close to the finish. You feel that surge, that adrenaline dump. And then all of a sudden, the fight stopped. Position's taken away from you. Then they have to stop and go look at the replay or do whatever, let your opponent continue, and then tell you what you did was wrong, and then continue have to continue to fight. Agree. Like, agree. That's 100%. devastating. No, a hundred percent. And I agree that it shouldn't be that way. I'm saying if it does if it does get stopped and there's a question, that they should the ref should be allowed to look at the replay and get direction and maybe put the fighters back in it. But but here's yeah, the problem. So Arnold Allen won that fight. I, I Look, 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 I'm not disagreeing that he should have probably won the fight. I'm just saying there was more fight left after it, so it's hard for me to say there was a robbery. If they would have stopped it right there and been like, that was a D, the DQ, dude, 100% he got fucking robbed, okay? Because they continued to let the fight happen and it didn't go his way. Here's the thing, okay? I'm all, You already know where I'm going with this because <laughs> I'm already not a fan of fighters that don't fight and that just hold their other opponent. I can't believe we're in... 2024 yeah. after all the rule changes and we're still here debating this fucking yeah. thing okay but even further than that this i think even ties into another thing we have these unified rules that aren't unified exactly so, so yes, you have exactly. different commissions in different in different events holding different things of st- of what they think is supposed to be and the fighters are supposed to know talk about breaking up the flow momentum you don't even know what you're supposed to be able to do or what's legal depending on where the fuck you're fighting I agree. I mean, that should be the very first thing is that they should unify the rules all the way across. These are the rules. And the second thing is they need to get rid of fucking no, no knees, no kicks to a downed opponent. We've talked about this for a long time. One has a track record. They show that it's not causing any kind of like they're not bludgeoning fucking people to death with it. Yeah. It, 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 it prevents the stalling out. It prevents this kind of thing from ever happening. It prevents fighters from playing the system. The UFC after this fight is like, oh, well, California is going to change their rule, uh, their rule, uh, rules for MMA and make it so that that's not going to be the hands not going to be allowed as a, you're going to have to have something besides just the hand down. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of no knees, no kicks to a down opponent. No, I, and that will make the fighter that's uh, in that position have to work and find another way to get out of there. What kills me about it is how many of these different commissions have played around with the wording on this. They're like, oh, as long as what the third limb on the ground isn't load bearing, it's not a downed opponent. Right? And yeah. I'm like, but why did you even why do you even need to worry about inserting verbiage? Yeah. You can need a downed opponent. Yeah. Anywhere the fuck you want. Yeah. yeah. And then that clears it all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then like, oh, got... was I down or not? Doesn't fucking matter. No, exactly. Then you got a person, right? Human, trying to use their perspective in a, in a fight, trying to call it as they're seeing it in live, and the rules are all over the place. What's what's supposed to be allowed isn't. They can't use a replay to get any kind of other direction I know. I know. from their own viewpoint. I know. I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> So, like I said, Alan was robbed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I disagree. Um, oh, come moving on. on to even even the way the fight played out, he won that fight. Even with everything that happened as it happened, looking at damage, looking at how the fight progressed yeah. from round one to round two, yeah. round three, all that he should have won. He won that yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. Except that the rules are all fucking up their own ass. So, so what? So what? So what robbed him? I mean, those the were judges. the rules. But those were the rules that were already involved before he ever signed to the agreement. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. How could he be robbed? Because the judges did not score that fight correctly. They did not take into account 
the strikes that he landed apart from that and the damage that he did with the knees in that sequence that were legal. And if that's the case, then the judges are robbing a lot of other motherfuckers. Besides, we know they are. I'm just saying. We know they are. So, okay. But if you're going to fight in the UFC and this is what's common, you know what I'm saying? Like, if this is what the writing on the wall is, you got to just, you got to just fucking take your opponent's head off. That's the only thing. He was trying. I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> if the ref tries to stop you, you got to be like, no, and you got to just go for it. <laughs> I mean, they're not giving you any other fucking choices here, okay? Yeah, I'm just that. saying. True that. Um, speaking of not a lot of choices, fucking Brad Katona losing um, in his fight um, against uh, Garrett Armfield. Um, you know, I don't know really what else to say about it. I thought that uh, Katona looked like he was going to, I don't know. Put I mean, on a really good performance, and something happened, and he thought he was doing a good job. Well, that's the thing. Like it was all these male Canadian fighters, right? Like they didn't, they didn't come out with that fire. Yeah. You know, like that's what's it's interesting because you see, like you go to Brazil and you have a UFC fan, the Brazilians come to fight. I know. Like they, the judging might not go their way. Yeah. But they show up to fight. I don't know. Yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's weird. It's like there was fucking. Sometimes. Charles Jordan and Sean Woodson, yeah. another example I know. of this. Like, I know. No, mo- a lot of the fights on the card were like this. Yeah. It's almost like there was something in the air or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of the fighters, they just, they weren't yeah. able. Besides the Sidney Tavares fight, like, let's be honest. Besides Sidney Tavares, besides the performance that Jasmine DeVicious put on, I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Peterson with his submission, that was that was quick. That was good. But, I mean, most of the fights were that way. Most of the yeah. fights were stall fest. And yeah. it was like, what's going on here? Especially with as crazy as the crowd was. I as know. happy as Canada was to yeah. have this event there. Like, it really didn't make any sense. No, I agree. So, who fucking knows what happened? I think there's something in the water. We're going to move on. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Fucking 1, 165, Superlek versus Takaro. Takaru, my bad. Yeah, um, um, <clears throat> all hell superlek, right? I mean, I know this ended up being a decision, but I mean, superlek, he's he's a legend. I mean, he is a legend. Um, I think it was a really close fight. I think it could have gone either way. I'm not gonna say Takaru was robbed. I'm just gonna say that it was really close. And when you're fighting superlek in one, you gotta take him out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if Rod Tang can't get a decision off of his performance with Superlek, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. It's it's so surprising to see Superlek back in the ring that quick after taking those elbows and getting cut the fuck up like he did against Rod Tang. Like, this dude's got, like, Wolverine healing powers. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. Exactly. And uh, it, it was a good fight. It, it really was. Um, I'm not mad about the decision. I'm just saying that. I don't know. It is what it is. Especially especially Superlek coming off of that last fight, like you're talking about with Rateng. You kind of... Exp- and he's taken on, you know, Takaru, who, um, you know, is stand-up in his own right, but, like, he's not Superlek legend-worthy. So you're, like, you know, kind yeah. of expecting more from him. Yeah. And for it to be that close, I mean, I kind of... I took it as a dub for Takaru. Because I was like, damn, this guy showed up and fucking not only took a bunch of punishment, but then was throwing yeah. it back yeah so point. yeah um Cade Rutolo was able to uh you know keep his belt we uh we thought yeah. that was gonna happen yeah so, yeah um, t- yeah another yeah another good one um yeah so explain to me why Sage wasn't able to make the walk against Aoki yep Lineker has to step up on short notice and of course get submitted by Aoki you know Lineker was drinking 
in the he was just hanging out. Oh, drinking. that doesn't surprise me at yeah. all. And they were and they came to him and they were like, Hey, we need you to step in and he was like Okay, I guess. And fucking went. <laughs> like, he was just there to have a good time. He had no idea that he was going to. And then he went in there and they got submitted and was just like, you know, I mean, that's kind of fucked up. But, I mean, they they tried to save the fight for yeah. whatever that's worth. Yeah. Um. So this is so this is what happened from the best that I can understand is that um, Sage Northcutt, his corner, Uriah Faber, was not allowed in, in into to be in his corner or wasn't allowed in the country. Really? Yeah. Something like that. So then one, I don't know. I mean, obviously this didn't happen right before the event, but one chose not to tell anybody until the main card started. Gotcha. And then that's when, you know, we were let, uh, given the news about Lineker stepping in. Um, but this whole thing unraveled unto, into a one versus Japan, sort of thing because because Japan wouldn't let Sage's corner in. Sage didn't make the fight. Sage is like a big star for one. Yes. And so then at the post fight press conference, Chatri proceeded to bury um Japanese MMA yeah, yeah, and did. say that um Japanese fighters get demolished when they come into one that Japanese MMA just is on par with the rest of the world. Right. All those kinds of things. Um, yeah, it was, um, wasn't a good look, all no. things considered. I mean, I, I know that Japan is really stringent on who they let into their country and who they don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the California kids involved in, that they decided that they wouldn't let him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. But for whatever reason, they didn't. And then, um, I don't know, Chatri decided to use that as his platform to um, go after tell us how Japan. he really feels yeah and I, I don't know if that's the right case but whatever um the one thing about the event though we've said it before but really especially on this card and it being there in tokyo having this kind of fights like whole skin versus akiyama it this card has felt more like a pride card to me than because many cards in the past not just the matchups not just there being like you know, multiple special rules fights, not just, you know, for you don't know who's going to really fight on the event until the fucking main right. card starts and all that. Right. But um, just the overall, you know, presentation of it and then it being back in Japan, all those things I was like watching. And I was like, man, this feels like it, it feels like a pride card. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Holskin got the win over Akiyama. Knocked him out, right. like, pretty quick into the fight. First left that he threw, check left yeah. hook, which, took him out. Which should have been a foregone conclusion. Um, Holtzkeen is a another legendary kickboxer, kickboxer yeah. and, um, who's beaten some of the greats. And Akiyama just hasn't been fighting. Like, he had his, he had his day in MMA <coughs> back in the day, uh, but he's far removed from that. You know, that was the, this was not an ideal matchup. Yeah. <clears throat> um... I was surprised that Song Pinong uh, was finished. I know Gregorian is another legendary uh, kickboxing fighter, but so is Song Pinong. Yeah. Uh, these guys are great. I was really excited for this fight. I thought it was going to deliver. Uh, I thought it delivered. It was, it was a good fight. Yeah. I, d I just saw it going the distance is yeah. all. Uh, yeah. So props to Gregorian for being able to put away Sitsong Pinong. Yeah. I was bummed that uh, Martin Nguyen lost. Uh, I really like that. I really like that guy, but you know Gary Tonin, he's been on a tear lately. Yeah, I mean Gary Tonin is, um, you know, a very specialized 
submission dude, and if you let him get your back, he's going to choke you out. Yeah. Uh, Martin's much more of the stand-up striker. Yeah. So it's, you know, kind of the foregone conclusion if he takes you to the ground. Um, yeah, all things considered, was a pretty good card. Yeah, as one cards always are. Um, and then to the more recent, we had UFC Fight Night, whatever fucking number it was. Um, from the Apex main event, Imanov, Nazadine Imanov, uh, getting the win over Roman Delize. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought this was a good card. I thought it delivered. Um, I was upset with Roman's performance. I thought he should have done better. Um, you know, Nazardine Imanov got the nod, but... Usually you see Roman fight more than that. And not just in volume, but with aggression. Yeah. Well, and he got hurt really bad in the first round. And sometimes, like, when fighters, you know, get dropped like that, it can really take a lot out of them. And I get that. But he had opportunities later in the fight to take over. And I know. gain that momentum and turn the fight around. No, no, I know. I just don't know if when he got, like, dropped, if it, like, zapped his energy. And he had nothing that better to do. He couldn't do much more than clinch him and push him up against the cage. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, um, Nazardine looked good. Um, you know, uh, I really appreciated what Nazardine had to say about Chris Curtis afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. couldn't agree more with him uh, yeah. when he was starting to fight, when there was a whole disruption between, you know, uh, Delizze's corner and I'm an off while he was in the ring and then he was talking about it he's like I fought this guy he doesn't want to fight he gets the ref involved he you know with the headbutt he you know and now he's over there talking shit I mean I'm just saying no Curtis is so funny because he's the guy who seems like he wants to fight more than anybody else yeah until he gets into the octagon until he gets into the octagon and then he's like hey ref I need a ref I mean it's like dude get the fuck out of here I know and he just and he doesn't and, and you remember that fight? You remember when he got cut? I do. It, it wasn't like the, the mo- it wasn't like a su- a very significant cut. I know, I know, no, I I know. He, he's uh, I don't I don't even know. He's just such a crybaby. Yes, I agree. Um, co-main event: Moicano uh, getting the nod over Drew Dover. Um, a lot of lay and pray. Yeah, going back to the whole control wins fights instead of damage. Which yeah. is how it used to be yeah. back in the day. That's how I grew up watching the UFC. So a nice little throwback. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can appreciate you know your your perception on this because me, I was pissed off. I was like, every time <laughs> they would stand up, Drew would start fucking lighting him up. His eyes all swelled up. His faces, Moicano's faces, all messed up. And I was just like, oh man, he's gonna finish him. And then they'd go to the ground, and he would just lay on him, and the ref wouldn't you know, tell him to move and nothing would happen. And we would just go by one round after another. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. I thought we were past this point, but we're not. No, I, no, I was being facetious. I picked Dober to win that fight. Um, I thought he did far more damage. I thought he was landing better shots. And, and I, I I hated the matchup because I do like Hanato Moicano a lot. No, no, no. I think he's a talented fighter. Yes, I agree. Um, but I didn't, you know, it was, it was like, 
he didn't want to get hit anymore, and he was just content to maintain control. Exactly. He did, he wanted nothing to do with the stand-up yeah. at all. Yeah. And then he would take him down. He would get into a position where he would hold him down, but he wouldn't threaten with submission. He didn't yep. threaten with ground and pound. He just, you know, gave him light taps and just laid on him. And he'd and, get, he'd, and Mark Smith was just content to just I let know. him do it. He'd, he'd gain position. Dober would get it back. McConnell would gain position again, would pass guard. Dober would get it back. Then he'd push him off. Then he'd punch him in the head a couple of times and then rinse and repeat. Like, <laughs> that's how that fight went. Yeah. And and I get that, like, you know, there's always the discussion that, like, well, if the fighter doesn't want to just be laying on the ground, he needs to get up. I agree. But I'm also, but then also when we went to, you know, the fight after that with Herb Dean, he was constantly on the fighters to be like, hey, let's move. Let's, let's get going. Yeah. Let's get this moving on, you know? Yeah. Like, well, so going back to the whole pride rule set, that was what was nice about having the yellow cards, right? Because yeah, yeah. was, that was incentive to actually fight. Yep. Because you'd start losing your purse if you were stalling the fight. Yep, yeah. Well, and that's true. That was the idea behind it. Sometimes that would be their tax. You know, sometimes know, Japan would be like, nope, nope, yellow card. And the guy'd be like, what the fuck? Why do I get the yellow card? He's the one laying. They'd be yeah. like, no, yellow card for you. Yep. So true. it wasn't great, but still. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Randy Brown knocking out. That was dope. Yeah. I mean, we I knew so I we know. knew Randy Brown was going to win. Yeah. It was, you know, so that was good. That, that, you know, that was a good performance by him. Um, Great performance by Natalia Silva. Yes, I agree, too. Yeah, she um, was on point, man. Yep. She was sticking and moving. She was quick. She yep. was light on her feet. Yep. Um, good takedown defense. She had it all going. Yep. She did great. Yep. Um, the only other fight that really I wanted to discuss on the card was, I mean, Molly McCann and Belbita. Yeah. Like McCann dropped weight. She looked good. And despite being submitted in back-to-back fights, she, she got, got a, submission. a submission. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. wasn't afraid to go to the ground. Yeah. Um, was probably really happy being one of the larger, stronger fighters in the weight class. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and she, and like you said, she looked really good yeah. for coming down in weight. She looked like she belonged there. Hopefully, you know, the weight cut's good. Everything's good with that. And, um, yeah, she looked good. These two had fought before. Molly McKenna got a decision a couple years back when they fought. She yep. gets a first-round submission. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Can't do much better. Um, I really like the performance that uh, – Buffalo Chuck put on Charles uh, <laughs> Buffalo Chuck <laughs> Charles uh, Radke um, got a KO over Gilbert Ubina. Gilbert is a you know really good fighter. Um, I, I I've enjoyed watching his performances and I knew that this would be a close fight. I I thought that Charles was probably I was leaning towards Charles, right? But he went out there and just dispatched him. You know, he, yeah. He had uh, he had his number on this one, so. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so the other one, um, <clears throat> Themba Garimbo. Um, I want you guys to remember that name and be looking out for this guy. He's absolutely huge for the weight class. He wants a quick turnaround. He wants to move up in the ranks. He wants big fights. And he can wrestle. Like I said, he's huge. He's strong. He's long. And uh, now he can knock people out. He can knock people out. Obviously, he has knockout power. So I'm excited to see this guy get another test, a step up. Um, but that's one of those. Remember that name because yeah. um, that's one of the guys I'm going to be looking out for. Nice. All right. Um, also, last weekend we had BKFC 57 main event. 
Austin Trout taking the belt from Luis Palomino. Um, good fight, all things considered. Um, I thought that Trout had, you know, I thought he definitely won the decision, put on the better performance. Um, he was able to get off significantly um, when they would be close enough for a clinch position. There were a couple of times where Trout would maneuver, would pivot and maneuver behind Palomino, and one of them he was able to get off with a couple of lefts behind Palomino over Palomino's left shoulder and dropped him. Um, almost got the knockout from it. Got a eight count. It was close. Um, but yeah, that was a maneuver that I hadn't seen before in BKFC, something that boxers coming in could definitely utilize, not just with the jab, which is obviously what he's been doing since he's been in there showing the usefulness of the jab, but being able to pivot, get behind and maybe, you know, knock out your opponent when they can't see you. I mean, yeah, pretty devastating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I like Palomino. He had a good run. Um, but I'm happy to see Trout as the new champ. Yeah. Um, we'll see if they, you know, do the rematch, go the rematch route. They may not, but uh, but Palomino's got one of the better records in BKFC. Period. Yeah, and he still has one of his belts. He lost yeah. the welterweight belt. There so. you go. So yeah, so it'll be good. Um, yeah, and with that, we are all caught up. So we will move on to what do you want to talk about, motherfucker? Huh? Oh, I'm let's looking see. at you. <clears throat> I know. Let's see. Um, well, let's let's start with uh, the Vince McMahon TKO scandal. Oh, uh, you want to go straight for the fucking dirty shit, huh? Yeah, okay. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, the dirty shit. <laughs> so this fucking guy. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's entirely possible. Another that... billionaire with oh, a sex ring and fucking <sighs> getting over. God, who would have thought? Who could have seen shit. that happen? Not just that, but especially this specific character. Like I know. anybody that's watched Vince McMahon's career over the yeah. past forty fucking years, yeah. and has seen this dude, you know, always a always a piece of shit, always a shameless promoter, <laughs> um, always been called out for, you know, treating the other WWE employees and WWF employees like shit, like because yeah. he goes way back. Yeah. But, you know, juicing like a motherfucker and getting in the ring with these guys <laughs> and playing out these storylines. like It was wrestling. I know it was wrestling, but that's what makes it more in line with this type of behavior, right? Right. Is, well, and especially the sex allegations. It wasn't very long ago, maybe a year or so ago, that he was already kicked off chairman of the board before the WWE had entered yes. into the TKO yes. for sexual assault allegations basically yes. so he was already kicked off then they formed this tko thing and he came back into the picture and now he's been r- removed completely this time because um the shit is pretty heinous <laughs> literally yeah literally <laughs> so um yeah for those that want to go look it up it's out there and you can see the court transcripts of what he's being alleged to but uh and please do yeah yeah um it's just it's kind of crazy because like like the dude's done a lot and like, I don't want to undermine that, but I also think that like, it's funny because you know, when that whole TKO thing happened, remember they had them like do the pictures and he had like dyed his hair and his mustache. He looked like fucking the bad guy off of, um, 
the fucking wacky races, you know, the guy yes, that had the yes. fucking dog and he was like the fucking Yes, like, absolutely. He, 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 that fucking guy, he looked just like it with this fucking shit all dyed up and I was like Straight up fucking was, villain. Dude. I know, like <laughs> literally, yeah, that's what they painted him up to look like and then, you know, so there you go. You got it. Um, what implications do you think this drives for TKO, the whole UFC thing? That's kind of, I guess, why I'd want to bring it up here in this space. You know, what do you think? Is it going to have anything? Do you think anything necessarily is going to happen? Um, just what are your, what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, about that? Um, I think it hurts TKO's position in in in, in the merger as far as who gets the upper hand in making decisions that benefit the umbrella company. Mm. You know, you would think that with Vince McMahon there, he might've carried a lot of that weight. Right. Right. And now that he's gone, now that it's going to fall to, uh, the other guy, you know, Dana White, who's, who's now the most tenured guy in out of the uh, companies yeah. out of the out of the companies that have merged right well like, just give it a couple years we'll see if dana white can't oust himself i'm just saying i mean you know we'll I, see. And, and i don't and i totally see that happening like this is a guy that isn't you know um immune to controversy himself <clears throat> you know yeah um and we haven't seen anything this heinous yet yet but we know what happens to these people when they get ridiculous amounts of power and money yeah i mean it, when i heard about it i can't say i was shocked about the whole vince mcmahon thing i can't say that i was shocked and if something ended up happening in the future with dana white i wouldn't be shocked either. no no not at all so, yeah um all right let's move on to big big talks ufc 300 you know there's matchups that are currently announced. How many of them are actually signed? We don't know. <laughs> um, I feel like you never know anymore. That's the thing. We don't have a main event. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, this card, about what this card's going to offer, about the main event itself, what okay. it could possibly be. All right. And I guess that's where I'm at now with this is like, so let's what, what, what are your takeaways so far and what do you think the main event's going to be? Okay. So let's look at... Um, <clears throat> as far as how they have the fights listed, yep. the top two, which would be the last two, Justin Gaethje, Max Holloway, not for a belt, but two big names, well, right? Well, BMF title. Uh, oh, sure. Why not? Um, but you could assign a, a random belt to any two people that were fighting in. I mean, you could get the box. Name. You get the belt anything. out of the box of your cereal and fucking use sure. that Sure. Yeah. We're fighting over the Cracker Jack belt tonight. Um. Okay, but, but Gaethje, Max Holloway, it's close to a super fight. Neither one of these guys are champs, but they're legends. You know, they've got great records. They're big names. They draw a lot of attention. They're exciting fighters. And then uh, Zhang Wiley and Xiaonan Yan, uh, Chinese versus Chinese for the belt. I mean, in any other pay-per-view... That's a decent main card. Yeah. I mean, it's the fight right? that we've been talking about. We and, right. To we see. did. We yeah. wanted to see yeah. Yan Shanon challenge Wai Li Zhang. We yeah. thought that she deserved it. Yeah. Uh, so really the question is, is it good enough for UFC 300, right? That would be the differentiation. Because for any other pay-per-view, sure, why not? Yeah. We would accept that. But, but why not? Why not for 300? Because the UFC has set a precedent with UFC 100 and UFC 200 in trying to build up these types of cards, these right. super cards, right? And not only that, but Dana White went ahead and 
said that he was going to blow all oh, of our minds. Now we're going to take what Dana White said to the bank. Oh, okay. No, we're not taking what Dana White said <laughs> to the bank. We're highlighting how rarely he ever actually delivers, delivers honestly, yeah, on things I mean, that he says is would be would be my point. Because yeah, I'm not like like I said, I'm not unhappy with the card, but um, it's really interesting. It, it shows how limited he actually is. When he says, I can put any fight together, I can do anything, it doesn't seem like he actually can. You know, he's he's very limited in what he can put together. Yeah, I mean, they've taken some liberties for sure, but um, I understand with what you're saying. I think the fight itself is definitely 300 worthy just because in that division, I don't think there is a better fight to be had for the title. I think that, you know, Jan has shown everything that she needs to to get the title shot. Yeah, but that's I'm still ready. women's MMA. Oh, here we go. Um, so funny guy. Um, so um, I, I, I do. I think so. I think that obviously, if you believe what Dana White says, you're gonna be sorry and let down. He, you know, made a bunch of really crazy promises. We don't know what the main event's gonna be, but I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you right here. I think that that fight, the Zhang versus Yan fight, is magnitudes. Um, more, um, what's the, what's the word? Um, magnitudes more, um, important. Yeah. Or, or legitimate than the Gaethje Holloway fight. I'll give you important and legitimate, but it's not going to be as exciting or crowd pleasing as the Gaethje Holloway fight. Dude, you don't know that. I do know that. No, if Gaethje goes out there and puts fucking Holloway away, it's going to be fucking sad. Well, he might, but it won't yeah. be until the later rounds. You don't think so? No, I absolutely do not think so. Okay, I hope so. First of I, all, I, I, I hope first of all, Gaethje isn't that active in the beginning rounds to put people to put somebody away, okay? Second of all, Holloway has a better chin than maybe anyone we've ever seen in MMA as a whole. And he's the volume guy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just know that his performance that he had when he fought Poirier in his last time wasn't great. Sure. Poirier's not Holloway. I, I know. I know. And, and no, when Holloway fought Poirier. And I know that Gaethje hits a lot harder than Holloway. And I've seen Gaethje... Right, but the point was, how exciting was that Poirier and Holloway fight? It was awesome. They were beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. And Poirier couldn't put Holloway away, and Holloway was pouring it on Poirier, especially in the later rounds. That's my point. Like This is what you're going to get to see. It's by far the more crowd-pleasing fight. I hope so. I really hope so. I really do. I really hope that it's, it's that way. I get this feeling... Because Holloway's going up, and he's had problems before going up, and he's getting older, and he's fighting Gaethje, that, and there's going to be a stand-up fight. We know that's what it's going to be. So I hate it when you ran on my parade, man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to. I'm really not trying to. I'm trying to knock on wood and say that, like, because I'm just saying, we've seen some crazy things happen in not only MMA, but especially in UFC in the last you're six gonna months You're going to see a, a really early fight of the year candidate is what you're going to see. Yeah, it could be. It could, and I, I hope so. I see Gaethje coming out winning. I don't think Holloway wins. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be based on damage. I just don't think Holloway can put the kind of damage on Gaethje that are going to sway the judges now, volume he can put on. He can put on lots of volume. He'll probably outstrike Justin Gaethje. He could. I mean, he could catch him. Gaethje's been touched before and he's been dropped before. He could catch him with the right punch. It could happen. He could. Yeah. 
I think the only way Holloway wins this fight is if he drowns him in the later rounds. If, if he's put in so much work that Gaethje just can't keep up and gets drowned in is the later rounds. Is it five rounds? Oh, yeah. Their fight is? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's for a title. Well, it's the Cracker Jack title. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, but all the BMF fights have been five rounds. Have they? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah. So they're, they, and, yeah, and, and, and Holloway's one of my all-time favorite fighters, mm-hmm. but I'm still realistic. Um, Justin Gaethje probably comes out of that the winner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, call me crazy, but we'll have to see the Yan versus Zhang fight because, man, who knows? Who who knows anymore? It's so hard to get a base of what you think the of what's going to happen. They both could go out there and lay eggs. Not that they won't. Because it's not women's MMA. See what you're doing. No, I'm saying I'm saying Gaethje and Holloway. Oh, okay. I'm saying if they go out there and lay <laughs> eggs, Jesus Christ! You want you got something to talk about, Will? Let's get this out here, okay? Jesus. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. No, I, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited for the Xiaonan Yan and Wiley Zhang fight. Yeah, yeah. I do think Wiley Zhang being the larger, stronger, more dominant, physically is dominant she? specimen. Is she uh, long? Yet, no, I don't think so. I think Yon is stronger. I think Yon is maybe even bulkier. Well, that's going to make this really, that's going to make it even more interesting. Yeah. Because if that's the way it looks when they get in the ring together and they are clinching and they're yeah. trying to move, move and muscle each other around, then I'm going to be super stoked for that because yeah. that's going to be good. In my mind, I, I still see Wiley being... Uh, the physically stronger of the two, mm-hmm. but that's that's just me. I would love to see a more equal. So Jan's an inch taller, and yeah. she's like the wrestler, so she should. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up being. I'd see Zhang being more the striker out of the two. Jan's got good boxing. She's you know heavy set up top like most wrestlers are. So um, you know yeah, we'll have to see how how the fight plays out. But it could be really good. The fight that definitely. Is gonna be good no matter what happens. Has to be fucking Oliveira versus Sarukian. I don't see how that fight, even if one of them kills the other one. I mean, not kills them, but even if they like take them out quick, you know what I'm saying? No matter what, this fight's gonna be fucking dynamite. How how is this fight not gonna be dynamite? Well, I think they're both gonna be too scared to engage with each other. Oh, get so, the fuck out of here! I'm just talking <laughs> shit. That's what you get for raining on my fucking BMF title, man. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Cause you know the Bronx. You know all he's gonna do is come forward, try to get the finish, even if it constitutes him having to take significant amount of damage. And Armin Sarukian has looked like a fucking assassin lately. I I know. So realistically, though, my fear is that um, Armin gets tagged, gets a takedown, and doesn't get submitted. So we end up with one of those control versus damage fights. But is Oliveira that kind of submission? Dude, he's really not. He's like a fucking, I got to finish, I got to finish, I got to finish. I know, but but he but he can't always get the finish from the bottom, is my point. Like, mm. like usually does. He has more than any other fighter yeah. in history, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But he is getting older, and Armin is going to game plan for that. And if he doesn't catch Armin, I could see this being that. You don't see him, like, raining down nasty ground and pound if he gets in that position? I mean, it's fucking Charles the Bronx, dude. I mean, I I get with what you're saying. And there has been enormous amounts of that footage to show that. But in his last, ever since he became the champion and that string of getting the belt, losing the belt, and all those fights in between, I mean, he's done nothing but been, like, fucking just move forward and try to kill. Even when he gets fucking onslaught and takes a lot of damage, he gets dropped over and over, he gets right back up, and he's still just trying to 
I, I know. I just, I, just, I, I just don't think Armin's going to hesitate to follow him to the ground. Oh, I see what you're saying. If it goes that way. So you and think Sarukian's going to fucking tie him down and hold him down? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I think he's going to be he's going to be more cautious on the ground. And so and, not... And he could. And he could. Yeah. So not landing a ton of ground and pound and not trying to move in for submissions because of how dangerous Oliveira is. Yeah. And I think he's probably going to end up going for more takedowns than mm-hmm. he plans on going for mm-hmm. because I do think Oliveira tags him while they are standing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, I, I guess that could be fuck. I, I, but I would love to see the Armin that just went out and beat Dariush mm-hmm. versus the the Dubronx that we've seen the last five fights. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And that's that's where my mind's at. So, um, like if they go in there like that, that's gonna be a bloody fucking fight. Oh, uh, dude, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be, yeah, all sorts of beautiful violence. Um, another fight that has been announced for the card was uh, Kayla Harrison making her UFC debut against Holly Holm at Bantamweight. I know we both discussed this. Not great about the Bantamweight, uh, you know, uh, that being the weight that they're fighting at, but um, there's not really a featherweight. I mean, they haven't said that they've got rid of the featherweight (laughs) division, but they don't have it on their ranking system, and there's nobody that holds that title. So, So, yeah. Okay, so Nunez was... The featherweight, 145-pound champ. Right. And she retired with both belts. Yes. Okay. And there were only, on the roster, probably four or five other fighters. Featherweights. That fought at 145. Yeah. Featherweight. Okay. Now, since her retirement, we have just checked the UFC's the UFC's page. The rankings. The rankings. And there is the no... The rankings that they do, no the, matter what they say. Yeah. There is no featherweight roster. No. Period. No. On that website. So for... All intents and purposes, there is no featherweight division. But to be fair, when she was the champion, there wasn't a featherweight division either. It would just show her with that title belt, and there was nobody else that was underneath that. Well, because anyone that because anyone that fought her at 145 was also fighting at 135. Like there aren't a lot of 140 yeah. like no. legit 145 yeah. pound women fighters, yeah. right? Yeah. So Kayla Harrison would be one of those. Yes. But she wasn't fighting in the UFC. Now that she's been brought over, she's been contracted to fight Holly Holm, a very, very um, well-established UFC fighter. Yeah, Bantamweight. Bantamweight at 135. And so she's... That's where she won her title, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So she's... So not only is she getting one of the top-ranked fighters for her mm-hmm. first UFC fight, but they're forcing her to fight at a weight she's never fought before. Yeah. And can she win? Of course she can win. Especially with her style of fighting. It's kind of like, you know, the kryptonite to Holly Holm. But all things considered, this is going to be Kayla Harrison's probably first time making that weight in her career. Um, you know, yeah. and going Holly's against been Holly. Wrestling lately. I know, like, I know, I know. I just think they put as they stacked as many chips against Kayla as they could. That's is yeah. how I'm looking at this. Yeah, exactly. And that was probably a reason. That's probably why they haven't said anything about the featherweight division is because you know they're making it, they're holding her to that sort of thing. Yeah, you know? because Holly can fight at 145, and yeah. she has fought at 145. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I started thinking about all this shit. Like, what if Kayla lost, and then they were like, okay, and then Nunez comes back, so then Kayla's going to fight Nunez for the title since they're the only 145 pound because there was no, You know what I'm saying? I well, this, like, yeah, no. I, yeah. That's, it's an interesting thing to, think to, uh, thing to think about because when you look at the state of the division, the two girls that just fought for it, we were talking about it. Yeah. 
Like, I honestly feel like Nunez could have come out of the stands and beat either one of those girls the way they fought that night. Yeah. And, and you're right. And um, for the Bantamweight title, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, it wouldn't be unprecedented, especially in the featherweight div- women's featherweight division. There was numerous times where even Holly Holm would lose a Bantamweight. And then she'd get a title shot at Featherweight. I know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I mean, it's just, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it wouldn't be anything. If Kayla did lose and they gave her the title shot, it'd be like, yeah, we expected that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yuri versus uh, Alexander. Alexander Rockich. I'm excited to see Yuri back. Um, You know, he got... Not excited to see Alexander. You're like, I give a fuck about that guy. Not really. This is a guy that barely ever fights (laughs) and is not particularly exciting when he does fight. So... (laughs) You know, he's he's one of those fighters, like, I, I don't want to downplay his skills because he's a tough fighter to look. <laughs> After I just buried him, I don't want to downplay <laughs> he's, his skills. He's, it, it's just, it's the nature of the beast. He's a tough fighter to look good against. Yeah, that's true. You know, even when you beat him, you don't ever look like you had a good performance. Unless they stop him, right? Unless they stop him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm happy to see Jerry back. He's all action. He brings the fight. Um, I, I'm picking him to win that fight because... Uh, he was out for a while. Mm-hmm. He had to go back in there and face Alex Pereira. I know. Um, who's, and he know, probably wasn't you know, ready for it or whatever. You probably know. not. Not for that caliber yeah. of a fighter. Yeah. But now that he's got that, big in, that, he's got that camp in, he's going to have this camp in, he's going to be back into the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect to see vintage Jerry in this fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, me too. That's what I'm hoping for as well. Um, Aljo versus Cater. Yeah, I'm Decent excited for this up. fight. Yeah, yeah. Cater's a good fighter. Um the only performance he he ever had that wasn't up to his standards was when he fought Max Holloway. Yep. And Max Holloway fucking put the beat down on him. Yep. And Aljo's coming up in weight. Aljo's He's going coming to up in weight. Um, yep. He should probably try and wrestle as much as possible. Against Cater? Against Cater. Probably. Especially after coming off that knockout. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And you never know. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, I agree with you 100%. But it wouldn't be the first time we've seen a grapple-heavy dude come in and, you know, put hands on somebody. I mean. True. It could happen. Um, also, uh, Davison Figueroa versus Cody Garbrandt. Uh, if I'm a betting man, <laughs> which I am, <laughs> I'm, putting, I'm putting money on fucking Davison <laughs> all day. And and not just the money line, though. Like the KO. KO. The KO. Or TKO, which I think is the same betting line, Knockout. depending on what app you're using. Um, but yeah, Davison Figueroa by finish. That fight's yeah. not going the distance, and Cody Garbrandt's getting knocked the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, dude, Davison looked fucking like fucking phenomenal in his last fight against yeah. against because he's not cutting weight. I know like, he's fighting I know. And, his he, and he was powerful, and he just I mean, yeah, this is bad news for Cody. And, and he's a nasty striker, and yeah. Garbrandt is just chinny as fuck. Yes, yes, and he looked good against Keller, but Keller was out for a long time. Yeah, so like it's hard to really and Keller. That. That's the thing, though. Keller was not engaging in that fight. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. It, it literally, see, he had been out for a long time, so I thought, oh, we're going to see Keller back, and he's really going to put on. But then when he got in there in his performance, it almost looked like like they called him to step in. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It didn't yes. look like he was, like, ready to go. So I just, I don't know. He wasn't throwing any head strikes to no. a guy that is notorious for getting knocked out. <laughs> like, that was just, in, that was just weird. <laughs> Fucking Will's got two shovels tonight, and he's fucking going <laughs> no. to town. Um, yeah, um, Jim Miller versus Bobby Green. 
Should be a decent fight. Jim Miller got his request. Get a fight on UFC 300. Yeah. UFC 100, UFC 200, UFC 300. So Yeah, he's on a roll. Yeah. Bobby Green's a good name. Yeah. You know, they're both, they've both been around forever. Um, it seems like Miller has more ways to win, though, right? Yeah, I would say so. But the other thing is, like, you can't count out, you know, Bobby. I mean, I've said it before, um, but, like, especially in the stand-up game, like, Miller looks good. And and he does. He has more ways to win. But at the same time, you know, Bobby is not someone to play with on the feet. So if he no. tries to, I mean, it could be bad for him. So. Green is slick. He's crafty. Yeah. And he's really good at goading fighters into fighting his fight. Um, that just doesn't seem like Jim Miller to me. Jim Miller is smart enough to know that I'm going to get this guy down and I'm going to work him, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it going. Yeah. Down. Yeah, it could be. Um, Bo Nickel versus Cody Brendage. Um should be a good fight. Yeah, good for Cody, uh, or good for—I mean, good for Cody for getting the name right because yeah. uh, that raises his stock, and good for Bo for getting somebody with a you know decent record. I know Cody's ten and five, but Bo Nickel's only had five fights. Period. Exactly, and Cody's coming off of that slam knockout. Yeah. Um. So yeah, should be should be good. Yep. Um. Sadiq Youssef versus Diego Lopez. I know you're excited for that fight. I I gotta feel like Diego Lopez is one of our favorite new fighters. Yep. Right, this kid is all action. Yep, he goes for finishes, whether it's striking or submissions. Yep. Um, Sadiq Yusuf though is huge for featherweight. Yeah, he is huge for that weight I class, know. and uh-huh. he packs a punch, and he's got some decent wins. Like this is gonna be interesting to. See. I'm in, I'm way interested for this fight. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm really interested for the Andrade Rodriguez fight. I'll be honest with you. Both those women are scrappers. Um, Andrade is more heavy-handed, but Rodriguez super fucking technical with her stand-up. Yeah. In her last fight, you know, um, yeah. just carving up. Was it the Karate Hottie that she fought? Yeah. Was that who she fought in her last fight? I think so. Maybe not the very last fight. Yeah, it was the last yeah. fight. Yeah, and she fucking carved her up, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, that should be, hopefully that'll be entertaining and won't get you all in your feelings about it, you know, being women, MMA and stuff. So. Hey, you better, you know, there's only so many women's fights in the card, so... <laughs> you know your performance means a lot more. <laughs> uh, fuck. Um. All right. Um. So yeah. So we didn't talk about the main event, motherfucker. What the fuck you think is gonna? What, what are they doing with the main event? Ah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> all right. All right. I'll tell you first. Okay. <laughs> you know. No, yeah. Give me what you got. I got nothing. Give me what you got. So it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. Pajeda versus Izzy for Pettis title. That's what it was supposed to be. How do you know that? Because um, Izzy, Pettis said that he wanted to fight Izzy and he wanted, he wanted, you know, Izzy to fight him as title. Izzy's been talking his whole career about moving up to light heavyweight, never pulled the button. Now that he was off, he was like, oh, you know, he's getting it. Not only is he getting a shot to do that, but it's also for a title. Um, Izzy then was posting images um, of him training where he was putting on weight and he was getting, he was bulking up. Okay. Okay. And then came out the day that the UFC um, came out and was like, they were like, oh yeah, we're going to announce some more UFC 300 fights they were like we'll announce the main event this week that next week when it started on monday izzy came out and did a press conference where he was like hey 
I got some sort of injury. I might, I might not be able to make it for the UFC 300. But he said, I'm still like bulking up and I'm still doing this. So that, that's what I read was that he was bulking up and that was the fight that they were going to make. Was it? And then they've been talking back and forth about what this main event's going to be. And they, and Alex Bejeda is obviously training now. He's, you know, there's a lot of footage of him training. Um, there's footage that Izzy's training too. Just Izzy said that he probably wouldn't be able to make that deadline for the UFC 300. So I guess they end up moving that fight back. So that's where I'm at with it. Was that I, that's the fight I believed it was going to be was so they, the main event. So they didn't have anything else in the chamber for 300 besides Izzy Pajeda. No, I think that they had, I no, I think they had probably other stuff in the chamber I'll be honest with you. I think that they were going to... They talked about Dana White, remember? He made a comment. Oh, here we go, Dan fucking White. <laughs> I know. Um, he, he made a comment where he said that um, he's working on a super fight. Do you remember this yes. comment? He's yes. working on a super fight. Yes. And we were trying to figure out what that was. Um, I thought that the super fight was going to be like Ronda coming back and fighting like Kayla Harrison. I thought that that's what it was. I thought it was going to be out of all the champions that are all the former champions that could have come back. I thought that that's what they were going to do. Okay. Um, the, there was talk that came out that said that Habib said that the UFC offered him $40 million mm-hmm. and that he turned it down for a super fight. So maybe that was what they were going to do. Maybe they were going to GSP said he wasn't offered the money. So who were they going to have Leon? Maybe, maybe if he'll fight Leon for the, was that? I thought he was the lightweight champion. He was. I'm just not sure with how big Khabib's gotten and not being in camp for so long. I'm not sure he could have made. Could have made it. Yeah. 155. Yeah. Plus, I don't think he would have done it because then all anyone would have wanted is for him to fight Islam, fight Islam and he's not going to fight and, Islam. Yeah. But Leon is the stylistic matchup that would be good for him. Agreed. A, a stand-up striker. Yeah, so that absolutely. Agree. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Um, so that was somebody that was put on. Um, there's always Brock Lesnar. He's always down for a payday, even though he's part of that whole, you know, sexual assault allegation shit getting thrown around. So true. I mean, I, and he's you know technically under contract by TKO, so they could have they, they could have brought him in. I don't know that that would have done the numbers that the UFC thinks it would have done. Probably not. Like I don't think. He, I mean, but they paid him fucking ten million dollars the last time. I know, but that wasn't a terribly good fight. I I, I agree hundred percent. Like I still think that they would have done it. Maybe I don't know. I I think, I think that kind of performance sours you on getting another super fight. You think so? I do. I don't think they give a fuck. Okay. Yeah. All right. But what do you think the main event was gonna be? Well, no, I have I have no idea, and I've never had any idea because I didn't think they ever could have put anything up that would have um, lived up to the hype that they were putting out there. That was the thing. Like they shot themselves in the foot with this. Saying all that and by overselling it by putting the the fights they already had on mm-hmm. the card, mm-hmm. which are good fights, yeah, a lot of names, yeah, and 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 saying that there was something possibly even bigger, like that's not the way they didn't say there was something possibly even bigger. They said when you find out what this is going to be, like that's <coughs> how they sold it. Like this thing's already done. We're just not releasing it yet. I'll tell you I'm what I release wanted. it when I'm ready. I'll tell you what I wanted. I wanted Pajeda and Aspinall. That's what you wanted. That would have been. Worthy that champion that talks champion. that that sounds like super fight, you know. That's these are these are two big guys, you know. That 
could have gone toe to toe and gone to war. But it, I mean, I guess it would have been <clears throat> champion versus champion. It had been champion versus interim champion. Still, I mean, you know, Aspinall's made a name for himself. Everybody knows Pajeda. That's that's what I wanted. I wanted something like that. Yeah. You know? I wanted like marquee names. You didn't like, want like Jones versus Lesnar. You know, that's not a horrible idea. Yeah. I hate both those guys, and one of them would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, that's, you know, that's that's not that's not a bad idea. Um, it would have been, I don't know. Like, Bader's still out there. They could have brought him in. True. I mean, uh, all things considered, if they had played their cards better, this would have been the perfect time for Jones and Ngannou. Uh, yeah. I right? Mean, but that, that would constitute them having to swallow a whole lot of fucking pride. I, no, but even not... before the whole Francis situation went bad, think about it. This, isn't, this wasn't so long ago. That you couldn't see UFC 300 coming. God damn, dude! Now that you talk about it, like that's the only fight that, like, if they were to been like, all right, it's Jones versus Ngannou for the world title, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Seriously, okay, and and think about it. You can't tell me that they haven't been thinking about UFC 300. I mean, they know when these fights are coming up and and how long it's going to be. So how how hard would it have been to give? Francis something to tide him over until you could get him for UFC 300. Fuck, I mean, if knowing that Jones was coming yeah. because you knew, yeah, and if Jones the, was going to eventually get there, yeah, right, yeah, you could have done that. Yeah. You could have done that, but 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 we already know that the UFC doesn't have any forethought. They don't really know, ever think I know, past completely short-sighted. the I know, next I know. event or two. Yeah, and even then, and even then, oh, we'll get into a layer. But you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so what is it? What is it going to be? Ah, you know what it's you know what it's gonna be. Um, I until until today, honestly, I was thinking it was gonna be Izzy versus DDP. Really? Yeah, but now DDP says he's not fighting on three hundred. Yeah, yeah. Because he wants to wait for UFC Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not gonna be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Shemaev has been uh, pushing for something. Right, and Cannoneer says he wants to fight Chimaev. Mm-hmm. Problem is, that's not main event UFC 300 material. It's a good fight. Right, I like it. Uh, but that's what about not... okay? So Leon said that he was fighting in March, and so that's where remember the rumors that Leon was going to fight Bilal at UFC 300. I do, and that never ended up materializing. Right, there's nobody I'd rather see fight for the welterweight title than. My boy, remember the name, Absolutely. Bilal Muhammad. Completely but, agree. But if they were going to do a big fight, what about Islam versus Leon? Yeah. That that would do it. That's champ versus champ. That's, you know, obviously Leon's not going down, so that would be Islam challenging for the welterweight belt. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's It's a fight you could put together that would be huge and have huge implications and could be the main event over the fights that you already have at the top of 300. Yes. Yes, I agree. So that realistically makes sense. The fight, the dream fight is fucking Nganu versus Jones. Agreed. Goddamn. Can you imagine if they fucking announced it? Dude, all the rest, dude, it would pale all the rest. Of the, even like 299, which is like a pretty stacked card. I would be like, we don't give a fuck. I know. Let's get to March. Yeah, I know. Jesus and, and, Christ. I mean, they can't because here's the thing. Ningano's already signed the fucking bout agreement to fight, um, what's his face, right? Fucking uh, um, Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua. And yep. he's going to get paid probably like fucking. It, it, they're saying that in the fight against Fury that he made somewhere between like 
20 and 30 million dollars. So he made 10 million as a base purse. As a base purse. But before, then I know, but then afterwards they're they're yes. saying that he made somewhere between 20 and 30 million. Yeah. I which means it. that for this fight he's making probably somewhere between like 40 and 50 million. I absolutely believe it. I absolutely believe it. Uh yeah. 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 Um and yeah. I'm happy for Francis. No, me too. So happy. <laughs> but not just that, but he's also signed under PFL. So we know that's not realistic. You don't think um, so? Do PFL would co-promote? They'd be totally fine with it. I know that PFL would. I know. But UFC wouldn't. I know, but see all I know, but all the problems for this fight is hinging on the UFC. Agreed. So if the UFC could get past themselves, we could have the fucking yeah. dream fight. We could have had a lot of dream fights if UFC could ever get past themselves. Okay, so the In fact, before they got they they had this problem, this ego problem. We did have fights like that. I know. We had Chuck Liddell entering the Pride Grand Prix. I remember. We had shit like that. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I agree 100%. Um, so if we can't have that, then the fight that I want to see is the very first fight of the night. It's Dana White versus Spring Shamrock. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> yes. That's the fight I want to see. I love it. So, yeah. Because everybody wants to see that. So that's that's what we... Okay. So, yeah. So we've we've talked... We've got some ideas of what is thrown out there. Realistically speaking, the best fight that could be the main event for UFC 300 is Lam and Leon. Neither one of them have signed bad agreements. Um, I think the only problem with that would be Ramadan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Islam said that he wasn't, he would fight, I think he said he'd fight in February or he would fight like after Ramadan, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, that's what he says. The UFC is like, hey, we will give you... He said he wants the Leon fight. He says he thinks he can take Leon. Yeah. I bet if they offered it to him... With enough. With enough. April yeah. 13th, how close is that to the end of Ramadan? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Okay. Somebody tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send us your comments. Let us know when Ramadan ends. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So I think we've aired it enough out for now. That was something that I've been wanting to, even the last time, get out of the whole UFC 300 fucking talking out there. Um, another thing that ended up happening was Nunez was alluding to a return, possible return. Um, so, you think, you think that's the 300 super fight, huh? You think that's what it is, huh? Uh, so would it be because uh, there's nobody else at 145, so that there's not like a super fight there. So it would have to be Rocky. Yeah. Right. She'd have to be be coming back to get her belt back from Rocky, which she totally could. I mean. Yeah, but that's she, not a super fight. No, you're right. It's not. A, it's not the super fight. But it's almost like you could see her licking her chops because she was there for that for that uh, Myra Bona Silva and Raquel Pennington yeah. fight. Yeah. And you can almost see her licking her lips like, I can come back and fight either of these. I can come back and yeah. fucking whoop either of these bitches' yeah. ass. Like, yeah. and I, I honestly think she's already beat Raquel Pennington. No, she has. She has for the title. Remember, you don't remember that fight? Ah, oh, that's right. She yep. Beat the yep, shit yep, out of yep. her. I do now. Yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you if you were a fighter recently re- retired and still felt like you had some gas in the tank, but maybe just needed a break. And then you saw that fight go down. What would you? Yeah, I know. Would it be motivating? Yeah, yeah, I th- it would yeah. be for me, especially if that's the title. That's yeah. the champion. You know? Yeah, I'd be I like, agree. shit. I'm gonna come out of retirement. I'll fuck you up. I'll retire again. Mm, yeah, <laughs> let somebody else duke it out. Yeah, literally fail into the title. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah. could be. 
Um, yeah, I mean, if she did come back, you know, that would it would have to be in the bantamweight unless they had something planned for the featherweight, which we already talked about, and what that would be. Don't know. I mean, the only other person really out there's only other two other women out there in featherweight that would even be close to it, and both of them fight for PFL. And so, not that that couldn't happen. I mean, they took Kayla Harrison from her, um, from PFL. But I mean, we've seen the Cyborg rematch. I would, I would like to watch versus Nunez, um, or even Larissa Pacheco. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch that fight too. Agreed. So, um, all right. Moving on, um, McGregor is the most tested fighter. Clean. Uh, yeah, under. <laughs> Under the new drug testing policy standards. So all this talk about <laughs> him on steroids and all these pictures of him with his head all swelled up, okay? It's unfounded, okay? Yeah, he's totally clean. Yeah. All that time he had off, I'm sure he wasn't on anything. No, he wasn't. Yeah. And the whole wanting, you know, requesting an exemption from He's the greatest Usada. champion we've ever had. <laughs> we fucking laid it on thick. <clears throat> um, yeah, I I I find Fuck it interesting that, that yeah he w- why even bother requesting an exemption? Why even bother have drug testing? Why even bother have drug testing? That's I what I've been saying since day one. Because now that you're the UFC and you have all this money, you can buy your own. Well, not only yeah, not only that, but you are the arbitrator for yeah the drug sure. testing, and so you get to like, rewrite what's yeah you can rewrite all the not just the sanctions but the thresholds. Oh yeah. For what um, counts and what doesn't count, and you know you've got control over the whole thing now. So why not just why not just come out and say, "Oh, we've tested a bunch of times. He's totally clean." Look, if we don't have a hell in the cell match as the main <laughs> event, <laughs> uh, it's becoming more and more of the entertainment product. Is all I'm saying. So oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing about it. It's like fucking uh, ladder matches, dude. Uh, dude. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> um, hang that, hang that belt. Um, <laughs> fucking, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I laugh at it as much as you can about anything because it's, it's so funny. Because because they make up the stuff. They could literally be like, oh, you know, it's like fucking Goldberg's fucking record. It's like we've tested this guy ten thousand times <laughs> and he's clean every time. It's like says who. Says me. I'm the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, the only independent part of that whole process is the company they have doing the collections. Yeah. But they, but they don't even do the testing. It's, yeah. You, yeah. It's the UFC's own company that does the testing. Yeah. Um, so. And I know they've changed the banned substance list. I know they've changed the threshold. But even then, like, they don't have to. You, you won't ever even know if somebody fails unless they want you to know if somebody fails. No, exactly. Because you could fail over and over and over again. And they'd be like, look. We're going to need one clean test. <laughs> and then you don't give them one. They're like, he's been clean the whole time. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a fucking joke. Um, joke or no joke, though? Mark Hunt versus Mike Tyson. Um, no joke. Yeah. Because I think they both want it. Yeah. And with today's climate, with these... Uh, It'd have to be boxing. Exhibition matches. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. But Hunt's fine with that. No, I know. I know. I know. Like, Hunt doesn't give a shit. Even in kickboxing yeah. matches, he just punches. I know. <laughs> like, I know. He's, he's totally... He's fine with that. Um, You know, I haven't seen Tyson fight in a minute. I mean, he had that exhibition versus Roy Jones uh, a year or two ago. Okay. 
and he looked really good. Good. I mean, good. yeah. Good. It looked like Roy shouldn't have been in there with him. Good. He, yeah. I he mean, looked... it sucks because I love Roy Jones Jr., but yeah. talking about Tyson versus Hunt, I'd like to see a fairly decent version of Tyson. Yeah. Because Hunt mm-hmm. fucking hits like a semi, yeah. dude. No, he thumps. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it starts it starts getting to that point where it's like, God, you really, I don't know. I don't want to see, I don't want to see either of these two legends like, you know, fucking die in the ring. Like, you know True. what I'm saying? That's the True. one thing about it. So. But but I think if you've got one of those exhibition boxing matches, you'd probably, you'd, they'd probably be all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And people would still want to see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, they'll do, they'll do eight, maybe 10, three minute rounds and. You know, they'll have the three knockdown rule and the standing eight count. You know, like so when they did, yeah, when they did the uh, Tyson Jones uh, exhibition match, there was some sort of thing where they couldn't go for knockouts. Interesting. Like they couldn't try to knock their own opponent out, but they like to the head. But they could with body blows, and then they did have like some straight punches. There was some kind of weird thing that was in there about that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, we have wrapped up the topics, and we will end round one. All right. This is a long round. (laughs) This is a long round. That was a pride round right there. Yeah, we put in a lot of 10-minute first round for sure. Yeah. Put in a lot of of good work on that one. All right. So what's the question you're picking this week? Okay. So the question that I took out of the inbox... Um, scrapcast at yahoo.com. Yahoo.com. Uh, why do we not have a main event for UFC 300? Back to UFC 300. Um, the reason why we don't have an event is because the UFC is a bunch of lying fucking bastards who fucking put the cart before the horse over and over and run their fucking mouth, and that's what ends up happening. That's, I mean, that's it. Like, that's... What could I even add to that? The fact that maybe since they don't promote and build big stars anymore, they have uh, far less options because they let great talent go for petty reasons. They're lacking for this big-name talent. I mean, honestly, I think that's what it boils down to, right? I yeah. Mean, because that's that's why I was asking you earlier. I was like, so you're, what you were banking on was Izzy to fight somebody. Right? It, was, it wasn't necessarily <clears throat> Izzy. It's just... We've talked before about storylines and stuff, and if to get something that's that big, right? Like the storyline between Alex and Izzy is big enough that it would, it could hold the main event at three hundred, right? I think that the storyline for that fight, given all their history and the back and forth knockouts every which way, I think I think would hold the weight for the UFC three hundred even more so from that perspective, a storyline perspective than the Islam versus Leon fight. Islam versus Leon could hold the UFC 300 main event as well, but that's because they're both current champions, and Islam already fought Volk, who came up in weight, so if Islam went up in weight, there's a story there. Right. But it's not the same story as this, you know... This rivalry. Rivalry, uh, you know, that's played out at the highest level for the last couple years, mm-hmm. you know, sort of um, the UFC's... Uh, what, the UFC's... Um, um, Sugar Ray Durant or oh good one. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Something like that, where oh, yeah. it feels where it's like okay, 
we could do this as the main event and it would make sense from all those aspects covered. That's where I was at with it. Not necessarily getting Izzy back involved, just like, what do we have and how are we going to make this that big? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. Um, lack of options and the fact that the UFC can't get out of its own way is why. I mean, constantly. And, and, and not just that, but, but having this overwhelming urge to be on the mic at all times and saying we're going to give you the best thing ever, right? Yeah, like, that's... yeah, and and over and constantly under delivering, and then at the same time, you know, undermining the fans and the sport in general with the stuff they say, the actions they do over and over again, and just I mean, yeah, the we talk about it all the time, but every year it seems to get more and more into that whole professional wrestling aspect that pretty soon that's what it's going to be. They're going to be scripted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just the way it, it feels. So with the way some of the pre-fight shit talking has gotten so cringe, I might not be so opposed to scripting some of that. Yeah. I mean, you got, you <laughs> because got, yeah. some of it's so bad. No. And you got fighters that are clearly losing fights and then they get decisions and we're just like, Oh, we're all looking the other way on this one, you know, cause the promotion just wants these needs, these guys to move forward in the fucking whatever the fuck ever. I'm like, talking about Patty, aren't you? Uh, yeah. And O'Malley versus young, <laughs> you know, that fucking dude, you know that, I mean, since you brought it up, that fucking dude was on a podcast or, or made a post or some bullshit where he was like, fucking knocked out Aljo, knocked out Yawn, knocked out... I'm like, when the fuck did you knock out Yawn? O'Malley? Yeah. Oh, I know. No, No, he didn't even fucking beat Yawn. You no, got a decision a... that you didn't even fucking... This dude's over there like, I'm going to change... I'm going to be like, I'll change the history and say whatever the fuck... Yeah. Dude, we all seen the fucking fight. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. And if you didn't see it, you can go back and watch it. Yeah, I was like... You got fucked up in that fight, dude. I, I know. I was like, this fucking guy is just fucking... Lot, the dye has ate through with the fucking scalp and is, is seeping into his brain like this. I was like, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy, but whatever. You know what they say about pride, right? It comes before a fall. Uh, R.I.P. pride. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's uh, move on to round two. All right. <clears throat> you want to start with the Ross Rewind? Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Um, I've been, I've been pretty selfish with these, uh, roster rewinds. I go with a lot of my favorite fighters, Okay, you know, um, and I'm going to continue to do so. Good. At I least, was like, I was least, like, if this is your <laughs> fucking segment, no, why would least, you not? At least the... for a little while. Well, because I want to shine light on people that deserve. <laughs> I want everybody to know that I've been the, uh, that I've been picking <laughs> the guys that I think should get the light and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's what's going to continue to happen. Um, it continues to happen. Um, <clears throat> with this episode. You're making MMA great again. I can see like your old Trump thing you got going on. <laughs> um <clears throat> I'm going with Mirko Krokop. Oh, that's a good one. The that's Croatian one. cop. Yep. All right. Um and so this was one of those guys who legit was a Russian special forces Croatian guy. Croatian, my bad. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a huge distinction. Yeah, I apologize yeah. for that. Croatian I mean, yeah, special French, forces. So, or, Although I do think he has a Russian master of sports. But either way. Okay. Um, yes, Croatian special forces, mm-hmm. um, high-ranking mm-hmm. individual. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they call they him the They would literally the pay him to come and kick down the doors with the fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I could and see then he'd go in there and he'd just kick everybody in the face while they had their guns and they were just all fucking dead. You this know? is... Uh, this guy... Okay. 
Pride Fighting Championships, UFC, K1, mm-hmm. Ryzen, Bellator. Mm-hmm. He fought everywhere. He fought for a, a lo- many, many, many years. Yep. But this is one of those guys who had like a legendary Pride run. Yes. All right, so th- this guy... And we're not even going to talk about his kickboxing record, which is really fucking impressive, yep. okay? But in MMA, this is a guy <clears throat> who starts with, like, his second fight in Pride, yep. 17. Yep. And um, a draw time limit with Nobuhiku Takata. Mm-hmm. And then shows up in Inoki Bombaye, remember that? Mm-hmm. 2001. Mm-hmm. And knocks out Yuji Nagata. Um, then he shows up at Pride 20 and goes to a draw with Vanderlei Silva. Vanderlei Silva. <laughs> Again, one of the time best, limit. Yeah, one of the best um, like uh, stare downs prior to the fight in all of combat yes. sports history yes. between those two in that fight alone. It was uh, the axe murderer versus the like special forces fucking badass. And it was just like, yeah, that's a that's a classic right there. It, it was an epic fight. The stare down was better than the fight. The fight, the <laughs> fight wasn't bad, but I'm just saying. And the, okay, and this was a guy who became famous for his kicks. Yes. I mean, he had he had good hands, yeah. but he had devastating kicks. It was right leg hospital, left leg, left leg cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. His left high kick has probably ended more fights than any other single strike in history. Could be. I mean, Kazushi Sakuraba. Pretty sure he broke his collarbone. Yeah, Igor <laughs> Um Kazuki Fujita, mm-hmm. Heath Herring, mm-hmm. um, Igor Vachenchin, which is one of the nastiest. Igor Vachenchin was on a tear at that point that's, too. Yeah, that's when I noticed him was his Igor was the Igor fight. I remember uh, um, watching that Pride live um, and see and just not really knowing who Miracle Cop was. Because we knew Igor. Yeah, and I was like fucking 13. Okay, so I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is <laughs> no. going on. And I watched it, and I remember him fucking dispatching him with that fucking left kick and just being like, from that day on, I was like, dude, this fucking dude, whenever he's fighting, I gotta, I gotta, you know, make sure I'm no, paying attention. And you really thought dude was dead, too, though. That was the thing. Like, <laughs> it, it fucking put him away. And, and Igor is this huge star. Stocky, yeah, yeah. like brick shithouse yeah. looking motherfucker. Yeah. And as soon as and it, like, as soon as he lands that left high kick, I I did. Just I honestly fucking, thought the dude was like dead. A ton of bricks. And it was perfect. This wasn't one of those toes on the cheek. No. This was fucking shin to chin. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, what TKO soccer kicks Ron Waterman, which yeah, with the yeah. dude that kicks like Crow Cop, soccer kicks are the last thing you want to be taking from that guy. <laughs> um, if you get in that position, then yeah, you're fucking asking for it. <clears throat> he ends up taking out um, Alexander Emelianenko, Fedor's mm-hmm. brother. Yep, same Remember thing. That. Yep, same thing. Josh Barnett, mm-hmm. same thing. Kevin Randleman, he actually submitted him. Mark Coleman before finally facing Fedor and losing a decision. But I will tell you that fight was about as close as you could get. That was about as close as anybody got to beating Fedor back in the day. Yeah. Well, yeah, besides Randleman slam on his head or Fujita's fucking left hand that fucking get, made him do the chicken wobble. Made him do the chicken dance, um, I know. But he ended up yeah. finishing both those No, he fights. did. He did. He did. It was just like, oh, it's going to... Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, not going to... I know, but that was such a closely it was. contested... It was. It was. Yeah, it was really... It was. It was a really, really close fight. It really was. Um, no, I mean, yeah... Fucking, yeah, that was the thing about it was that Crow Cop was the first, like, 
part of that first wave of those like high level K1 guys coming into MMA at the time and especially through Pride because he came in I think right at the same time maybe a little bit before Hunt came in yeah Mark a little Hunt, bit before yeah and they both were K1 World Grand Prix champions former coming in and um and yeah and just literally fucking kicking the shit out of everybody that they were fighting you literally know? yeah yeah um gets a tko over ikahusa minute goes on another tear ikahusa minua hirohiko yoshida vanderlei silva which yeah. i know is devastating to watch but he fucking slept that dude the same night he sleeps josh barnett yep two fights one night two yep. finishes yep the last heavyweight <clears throat> tournament the pride had and then he makes the move to the ufc and by all accounts, does not have a great UFC win. And then gets crow copped, and that was the end of his career. <laughs> and then gets crow copped. It actually wasn't the end of his career. I know, I know. Because um, he fights, he probably had a dozen fights before going back to Enoki Bombay in 2012. Yes, and um, then he went to Ryzen, and then he won the fucking Grand Prix in and Ryzen. Then he won the Grand Prix in Ryzen. You know who else was in that Grand Prix? Mohamed Lawal. Yuri Prohaska. So did he lose to King Mo? Is that? Uh, is that why Jerry didn't make the finals? Because he lost to King Mo? I think so. Is that is that? I thought Yuri beat King Mo in that. Did he not? Was it King Mo that ended up being in the finals? It was. Okay. No, that yeah. was the quarterfinal. Never mind. He yeah. beat Muhammad in the quarterfinal. Um, then uh, Amir Ali Akbari is who he beat. In the finals? <clears throat> for the open weight Grand Prix. I think that Yuri had won, but I don't think that he was able to fight. So gotcha. There was something like that that happened. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, so he ends up finishing his career on, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fight win streak. So let's talk a little bit. You just skipped over his UFC career. Because there wasn't a whole lot of wins. I know it wasn't a whole lot of wins, but still. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So he loses to Gabriel Gonzaga, Czech combo. By head kick. By head kick, yes. It's nasty. Um, no contest with Alistair Overeem mm-hmm. because of an illegal groin strike. Oh, fuck, that's right. I forgot all about that. Beats Hongman Choi and then Mustafa Al-Turk, but then loses to Junior Dos Santos. Mm. Uh, beats Pat Berry and then loses to Frank Mir, Brendan Schaub, and Roy Nelson. Oh, wow. In succession. So he did not have the, an illustrious UFC career. Right. That wasn't. But even after that, being able to go fight until 2019 and end his career on a 10-fight winning streak, beating Roy Nelson and Bellator in 2019. Yep. Um, beat uh, Roque Martinez at Ryzen 13, Saitama yep. Super Arena 2018. I mean, yep. not a bad way to end your career. No, no, not a bad way at all. And even further than that, I mean, yeah, the dude, you know, brought, like, really brought kickboxing into MMA. Like I said before, Mark Hunt also fought in kickboxing, um, you know, but... When Mark Hunt came into MMA, he was a lot more heavy-handed, you know, knocking out his opponents with his hands, not so much with the kicks. Mirko Kokop, notorious for the kicks. Um, you know, even somebody like uh, Alistair Overeem, who was in MMA first, then went to K1 and mm-hmm. became a uh, K1 champion, and then came back and, uh, you know, fought in MMA again. I mean, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it, w- it was... It was the time in the sport when it was trying to figure when the sport was trying to figure out what the best styles were, and once we had figured that out, then it was okay. Let's get these other, you know, t- 
top guys from combat sports and bring them in. And really, out of all those guys, Krokop probably had the greatest career out of all of them, out of all the, you know, uh, kickboxers, high-level kickboxers that came in. Yeah. There were some There were some great fighters that came in that were kickboxers from before. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm a huge Mark Hunt fan, but I'm just saying overall with the career, um, being the kind of, you know, having the stature that he did in Pride, um, which was like right there at the top, top three uh, heavyweight divisions in Pride, um, having that notoriety, bringing it over to the UFC, um, you know, going back, winning the heavyweight tournament at the end of his career in Ryzen. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, there's so many more guys, so many more fighters that couldn't, you know, even come close in their career to being able to hold something like that. And he did. And he fought and beat a lot of the guys who at the time were the top guys. You know what yeah, I'm saying? absolutely. Like you said, like he beat Igor when Igor was, you know, the favorite. He beat Vanderlei when Vanderlei was the favorite, yep. you know? Um, that was just kind of like how Krokop um, was able to um, showcase himself in into the MMA world. And so... And so, yeah, and so even so much so that it's, you know, really unanimous that with the head kick knockouts, that when someone does it and folds their opponent over it as a chair, especially if their legs like underneath them, like that's like that's like the crow cop kick, you know, not only did he not only was he famous for knocking his own opponents out that way, but then even he got knocked out (laughs) that way. And it's just like, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just <clears throat> the full circle. It's really the full circle. So, um, you know, it's like you talked about before. He beat Randleman, right, by uh, submission, is that what he said? Or, yeah. Yeah. He beat him by submission, and then they refought, and Randleman knocked him out. Randleman knocked him out. Yeah. I mean, it was fucking crazy, you know? So it's just like, yeah, yeah. It was a special now, time. You brought up a good point about the state of MMA back there when he was coming in because there wasn't, uh, unlike today, there wasn't an MMA style. No. Like, you didn't really train MMA. You're, you're right. Like, it was about putting these greats in different disciplines against each other, right? It hadn't formed into, you know, when you get into MMA, you're training for everything. You mm-hmm. know, these were guys that probably did maybe a little bit of wrestling training. But, like like you said, these were K-1 legends that were coming in and fighting. And so, <clears throat> yeah, for a while there, it looked like K-1 really had the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's you know that's usually how it is when other sports come in, not boxing, but when other sports would come in, they would uh you know they would get their little moment in the sun and True. look like they were taking over for a while. So um, so yeah, so no, uh, hats off to fucking Crow Cop. He's a legend amongst legends, and um, I don't know. It's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like. Will he ever be in the UFC Hall of Fame? It eh, doesn't matter, no. you know. But like, as far as like MMA goes and combat sports, I mean, he's up there. You know, he's a, he's a shoe in for sure. He's so. got to be. If you ever get a chance to go and look at Crow Cop highlights, mm-hmm. you absolutely need to because there are some devastating knockouts. Yeah, and yeah. I guarantee you, most of them are going to be left high kick. Yeah, and not, yeah, exactly. And not only that, but the dude was so devastating that he would come in to that fucking. Duran Duran song, right? I don't fucking, remember that. What no. was it? Well, what's the fucking um, Hot Boys? What's that? Wild fucking, Boys. Wild Boys. Who does that? That's Duran Duran. It was it. Oh yeah. And he would come into that and K one 
Wild Boys and fucking dude. Still, when people would hear that shit, they'd be like, "Oh fuck, somebody's getting <laughs> fucked up." And if you could make that song sound like someone's getting fucked up, I mean, you know, you're fucking, you're someone special. I'm so a big Duran Duran fan. Yeah, you are. I am. Wild um, Boys is a good tune. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. Moving on to round two. Um, gonna profile a new segment on the show called the Contro Combo. Um, this is something where we will dive in. I will profile and um, dive into uh, controversy, conspiracy, uh, rumor-esque um, type stuff that's really surrounding the sport at the time. And this week we will be talking about da, 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 UFC's announced <laughs> unsigned fights. So... Um, there was Dustin Poirier, probably the most notable, notable of all the examples set to face Benoit Saint-Denis at UFC 299. It then was released to the, um, public that Poirier had not, not only had he not signed a bout agreement, he had not given any kind of, you know, uh, acknowledgement of the fight or gave his word that he was going to have the fight. And yet the fight was announced. And then there was some sort of, you know, he had posted that to the world and then in the same day ended up coming out and saying that, oh, it looks like I jumped the gun because my manager couldn't get a hold of me or I couldn't get a hold of my manager or whatever the case is. Um, what do you what do you make of that? Whole okay, scenario? I, I, something's rotten in Denmark, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're telling me in today's high tech age of communication you had two individuals that couldn't get a hold of each other yeah. for days on end. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially when like one of them's like super notable and his and his next bout is being like promoted everywhere. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it on this show cuz we were kind of surprised that that fight had been made, you know? Yeah, the Poirier <clears throat> was going to give somebody that was that far down the rankings there so, step up. So to fuel the conspiracy, right, the, the shady things that I've come to find in looking into this a little bit deeper was um, Benoit St. Denis wasn't even told who his opponent was. They right. told him he had a fight. Right. But well, they didn't tell him who his opponent was. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and what it comes down to is you're announcing a fight. Yeah, a main event. A main event fight based on... What? Yeah, exactly. Based on what? Based on nothing. When you've told one of the... Fight, you haven't you haven't told one of the fighters at all. He no. doesn't even know. No. And the other fighter, you didn't even tell him who he was fighting. We yeah. just said, hey, we got you a fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. Um, and then the UFC, you know... Because, see, here's the thing. Poirier came out and said, I never was... Never was offered the fight, didn't sign the fight, the fight's not happening, we couldn't come to an agreement on money. That's what he That's what he said. Then he was like, hey, looks like I overspoke, okay, the fight's on, so that means that he's getting paid the money that, and he should be. There's not a question about it. I mean, he's, he's solidified himself in that position long enough that if he's going to continue to fight at that level, pay that motherfucker. Agreed. You know? Um, but then he says that, you know, oh, looks like, you know, I overspoke, which is Dustin being a good dude and taking it, you know, on himself again, you know. But yeah. the reality of it is that 
He's got a fucking rat face fucking manager. Um, and Ali, and, yeah, Abdullah Ali, Aziz. yeah, and um, you know, and 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 none of that is surprising, especially for those that listen to this podcast. We've done buried that guy way below six <laughs> feet on multiple occasions, so there's no reason to get into that. But here's the thing: here's the reason why that it can't just be a, a that most likely it shows that it's not is because um, they've done it with other fights now. Yeah. So not only like you said did you know they do the same thing with Benoit Saint Denis? He didn't know he who he was fighting, but then they announced that Vicente Luque was going to fight Sean Brady. And Sean Brady's like, uh, I'm not fighting that fight. I'm fucking injured from my yeah. last fight. There, and so then that fight gets canceled. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, nobody. So obviously he hadn't signed a bout agreement. No, exactly. I mean, right? the dude. Obviously nobody dude, had even talked to him about yeah, it. Yeah, the dude's injured. Okay, in the Benoit Saint Denis fight, Benoit Saint Denis' manager, you know, talks to a journalist and is like, "Yeah, we were surprised that that was the fight. I." We had never heard anything about that being the fight, but we liked the fight and we're going to move forward. And then Dana White chose to use that to bury the journalist for God knows what reason. It was the journalist's fault. It's always the journalist's Um, fault. And so he buried the journalist who, uh, Guillermo Cruz, is a fucking, you know, a a good journalist in the sport and has been for a long time. Um, And so... Didn't make any sense. Uh, well, I mean, it makes perfect sense if you know Dana White, but it still doesn't make any sense why you go after the journalist for just reporting that the, the coach had never heard it. And then Dana White chose to show a screenshot of a t- personal text message that he had with Benoit Saint-Denis yeah. saying, um, we want to have you on, you know, a fight card in, what was it? In March. I March think. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have you on the, on the fight card in March. Um. Okay, we don't we don't know who your opponent is, but it's gonna be a main event. Don't tell anybody. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then that's what I guess he was supposed to go to everybody and tell them like, hey, you know, we have a fight in March. We don't know who it's against. And then you know it gets revealed that it's Poirier, and his team's like, oh, we had no idea it was Poirier, but we're happy with the fight. But yet the journalist is a is a scumbag. Yeah, that's the thing. Like none of that what you showed dams. The, the journalist, journalist at all, yeah. first of all. And second of all, you know, just based on Dana's history, that this is what he does when he gets called out, yeah. is he overreacts, yeah. super dramatic, and he tries to bury motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, that's how you know you've hit on something yeah. when yeah. it comes to Dana White. Yeah, so you've hit the nerve. Because yeah. he doesn't know any other way to react to situations like that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So not only that, but then they've released a lot of fights recently and there's been a lot of hush-hush talk that there are fights even on UFC 300 where the guys haven't agreed or signed a bout agreement. So that's why when we went over the card earlier, we made sure to put like the announced fights because we don't know how many of those are the actual fights that are going to happen. Um, but here's the thing. Why would the UFC do that? What what does the UFC have to gain by announcing fights that aren't Sign that don't have agreements. What what does the UFC have to gain by that? And Leverage. Yes, and not only that. And pressure y- over yes. these fighters, yes. right? Yes, yes, because the UFC says, okay, this is the fight we want, and they post it out there. This is the fight that's going to happen. Then afterwards, not only that, but then it also prevents. It also um, disproportions the fighter in negotiations. Yes. Because then if the fighter's like, hey, I want to fight so-and-so, 
It's like, hey, like everybody else wants to see this fight. This is the fight that everybody wants to see now because this is the fight you've told us that's been announced. Exactly. This is the fight that's going to happen. <clears throat> exactly. And not only that, but you, we've seen what he does to fighters because he won't – because what he'll frame it as, let's say Dustin Poirier doesn't take that fight because of this whole thing, whether he says he's not ready or whatever the, the case may be, Dana White comes out and buries that fighter then. Yes. He's like, oh, he's a big pussy. He could have fought. He didn't want to fight. Yeah, exactly. You know? And exactly. then you get blacklisted, and then you don't get fights. Yeah. And then you don't get paid. Yeah. And then – Or even – yeah, exactly. Or even look at the Sean Brady incident, you know? He gets put on to fight Vicente Luque. They put it as like one of the top fights on the card, co-main event or whatever it was. And then he's like, hey, I'm injured. And then they're like, oh, but Brady pulled out. Like, that's not what hey, happened. You can't pull out of a fight you never <laughs> signed for. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, literally the <clears throat> UFC is, they're saying that, oh, well, this is how we're trying to gauge for like fillers and likes of, what what's you know out there and how the fans are going to respond to these types of matchups but like i guess my question is like legally how can you get how can you you know promote fights that independent contractors haven't not only agreed to but there's definitely no contract signed over it right i mean it just seems like legally the ufc is putting themselves in a really precarious position i would agree um and so i i i don't know i think that i think but with all things i think that there is something that can definitely be utilized here and learned from and that's um that the ufc is trying to do this to get leverage on fighters but the fighters can use this to get leverage over on the ufc and they should and they should they should come out and be like you know I haven't I haven't signed it or 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 tell the UFC hey I'm okay you want me to fight like Poirier okay you want me to fight Benoit Saint Denis you're gonna pay me X amount of money right oh you're not gonna pay me I'm gonna go tell everybody that I haven't signed it and done the whole rest of the thing and and use that versus leverage against them in the negotiation so here's here's another interesting thing <clears throat> that I found out today looking through this was this isn't a main event and it's not for a title. What is the Benoit Saint Denis and Dustin Poirier oh, okay. fight? Okay. However, Dustin Poirier still managed to negotiate it to be a five rounder. So it's a co-main event. Um, it might end up being the co-main event, depending yeah. on what else is on the card. Yeah. But even still, co-main events generally aren't five rounds. Generally, they're not. Unless a you're the main event, or b you're a title, right? Yeah. So I do think he might have used a little bit of that leverage. Like in saying, his favor. In his favor, like saying, okay, I will sign this battle agreement that you've already assigned if you increase my pay mm-hmm. and give me five rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they should. All all the fighters should. All, the UFC wants to use its predatory pr- practices against you. You take those practices, you shove them back up their ass and make them have to fucking be more legitimate. I mean, seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's that's the thing for it is that regardless, once again... You know, for whatever reason, the UFC is in this mode where they're like, oh, we got to announce fights for even fights that we don't have signed. The one thing about it that I, that the pulling the curtain back for me has let me know is like, I guess I always thought that the UFC had it planned out for a long time. And that's usually, I think, the perception that they want to put out there into the world is that like, oh, we have fights signed. You know what I'm saying? They yes. always say this. Oh, we have fights signed up until... 
April or we have fights signed all the way, you know, whatever. When in reality, it looks like they don't. It looks like fights are, you know what I'm saying? Even a month or two out, fights are still not completely... Probably even closer than that's that. That's what I'm like saying. when we get down to it. And, and in the same vein, like, there has been this back and forth with the Robert Whitaker Paula Costa fight. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> this has gone and with that, a lot of Costa of fights. Two, yeah. Cuz everybody was like this is a signed fight, right? Well, no, like... exactly. It's exactly how it ends up going. <laughs> and it's listed and it's announced and it's going to be on there, but every day you need to be checking the headlines until yeah. you see that yeah. it turns out Costa never fucking signed it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I've just been waiting on that like yeah. It's gonna keep. It's gonna go on and on and on. Uh, yeah. So, fighters, use it to the best of your advantage. Fans, watchers of the sport, be more aware. Stop believing what the fuck Dana White says. Don't and you, you just can't take these things at face value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't don't do it. Spite uh, yourself. <clears throat> and try not to get too hyped up for cards that are more than two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's yeah. hard, but. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you know, if it's not this weekend, like, you know, exactly. it's, it's hard exactly. to know. So, uh, so yeah, I guess that's no, that. That's so, a good one. Yep. We'll, uh, move on now to, uh, the end of round two. So going into the bag of mail and pulling out. Yeah. What you got? All right. Hey, scrap masters. <laughs> <laughs> scrap masters. <laughs> I like it. Good job. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like it. Uh, hey, scrap masters. Interested in your thoughts on Anik? Anik's proposed leave slash apology. Do you feel the UFC should set policy on what fighters say? Thanks. It's uh, kind of a loaded ass question. For sure. For sure. Um. I don't. You don't think so, Scrapmaster? I, I I don't. Um, and I don't agree with all the things that are said in the hype and build up for fights. I don't always agree. There are some fighters I don't like as people because of what they choose to say to get into other fighters. Heads, There's some fighters I don't right? like because of the way they fight. Sure, a- absolutely. My point is, these are two people that are going to get into the cage. And beat the shit out of each other. So I do, like, I, I honestly don't care what you say. I don't think you should limit them or have things that you're allowed to say and not to say. Like, you can say whatever you want to this dude. Yeah. You're going to end up being locked in a cage with him. Yeah. And if you feel like it's a good idea to piss him the fuck off, go for it. Right. But that might not always be the way to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to try to use that as mental warfare, by all means, um, it just doesn't always work that way. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm a big believer in free speech and not in the free, the speech that I want to say and not free the speech that others, you know, that I dislike. I think that, um, that's the only way you get any kind of real understanding. And I think that that's the only way others get any kind of real understanding over themselves. If you let people talk, no matter what, even if it's a Colby Covington, who's trying to sell himself, the right. world eventually right. gets the idea of what's happening. The world sure. eventually puts together what's two and two. You know, there's a lot of things that fighters say that not only do I not agree with, but I think are like heinous 
to be saying, really. I'm just like, this is crazy. I can't believe we're, you know, having this kind of discussion in 2024. But um, the thing is, is that, like, it's like that with anything anybody says in the real world. If people say stupid shit, then you look at them like, oh, you know, you're stupid. Or if they say shit to hurt other people, you're like, oh, you're a hurt person. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sure. where that comes from. And so, and so, yeah. So I just, to me, I definitely don't think that, I don't think that censoring is anything good. And if anything, censoring has only led to, you know, the opposite effect. You try to censor things and that's what give, grows and gives them power. Because then it puts them behind a wall and then it creates, you know, it's like putting some in the uh, closet and being like, don't ever go in there and look. All you're going to want to do is go in there and look. If you say to somebody, you can't say this, all they're going to want to do is say it. It's not necessarily about what's being said. It's just that's the way the human mind works. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Um, Agreed. So I'm with you with that Um, as far as with the whole Anik, you know, leave, apology, yada, yada. Here's the one thing I think that fans should maybe take from it is just the fact that, like, you know, Anik isn't like a personality. Like Anik is like a, he prides himself on being a professional news or a professional sports broadcaster, right? he went to school for it. That's yeah. his whole like thing. That's where he, he tries to bring legitimacy through the sports broadcasting world into the UFC. Sure. So when he and goes, he does. exactly. And so when he goes and gives his personal opinion and then has a bunch of raving lunatics, mob him in the social media circles i understand why it can be like unnerving and i can understand why it makes him feel like what the hell's going on because it's like it's the same thing as like you know just a civilian entering into like like a street world or whatever like it's not something you've signed up for and now you have to deal with the repercussions of it mm-hmm. but the thing is is that like you got to remember that like you know the sport panders to lots of different sects of people and some of those are maniacs and maniacs are going to say whatever they're going to say. And so if they're going to go off and be crazy about it, don't pay attention to this shit. And if you can't not pay attention to it, stay the fuck off social media. Well, so there's, I mean, you touch on a lot of good points there, like <coughs> the psychology of it all. Like the thing that, <clears throat> one of the things that's been true throughout at least recorded history is that like there are, are consequences for saying certain things. And sense and consequences beyond whatever consequences there might be for censorship. Yeah. You know, like if you, you might get in trouble legally or financially for saying something if you're censored, but even beyond that, let's say you're not censored. There's still consequences for things that you say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and just going back to my point, like saying these things about somebody you're going to get into the ring and, and fight, Mm -hmm these consequences become a little bit more real right. and practical. Right. Right? So... I mean, they can. They could have the reverse effect. Sometimes it weighs can. on opponents and then they don't perform. Which is why you say them. Yeah. And, and that's what I want to get across to the people listening is that <clears throat> that's why these things are being said, right? Is because you think if maybe they're not all mentally there or they're aggravated or whatever, you've changed their mental state, maybe that works in, in your favor. Yeah. And that's something that you would go back to like uh, Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. right? Because he was, he was good at that. When you're really good at it, though, 
you don't have to say heinous things. Yeah. You know, you can be <clears throat> classy. You can be funny. Yeah. You can subtle. be subtle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can have some fucking tact. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Which is an, which is an emotional, emotionally intelligent display. Exactly. Of what you're trying to accomplish. When it's done the other way, it doesn't, it doesn't really show anything more. I don't think it works the way people think it does. I don't think you can just piss him off. This guy wants to beat your ass in, in any way. Yeah. Like, he's finding his own reasons to be pissed at you so that he can go in there and fucking hurt you. Yeah. Or he doesn't need to be mad at you, and he's still going to go in there yeah. and beat the shit out of right. you. Right, exactly. So really all it does is show us what kind of person you are. Yeah. The kind of things that you think about that might hurt you yeah. or your lack of intelligence to find a more coherent way of, you know, displaying this type of mental warfare. Yes, 100%. It's a, a lot of times what people say has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with themselves. Absolutely. Now, that being said, Ali is still a rat fuck. And <laughs> He's I, a fucking rat fucking <laughs> bastard. And, the, and that's because there's no supporting of snitches in this motherfucker. All right? That's why that is. Um, no, but seriously, getting back to it, you're right. And I think that, you know, there's the whole idea that um, people can critically think for themselves. People can, you know, reason and through logic, be able to break apart. Um, I really, truly believe that, even though a lot of our current culture and society pushes for the opposite, more more often than not, the reality of it breaks through those kind of audio barriers that are set up, no matter what. And so, and so, yeah. And 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 coming from the '90s when it was big time about censorship and seeing how well that worked out for so many different things um that would that would be um yeah that would be my thing is that like censorship doesn't doesn't help people have to be accountable and most of all you have to be accountable to yourself that's where real freedom is being able to be you know self-governing be able to be like self-reliant that's where your real freedom lies you're being able to have the max out your own ability um in the world so yeah and that's my fucking anarchy platform for the, <laughs> there you for the go. night. There you go. So. We put it in there. <clears throat> All right. Uh, moving on. Round three. Round three. We're going to get to uh, the future fights that we have set up. This is the um, bookie breakdown. Yes, and we will get to the bookie breakdown. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about it. So this weekend, you want to start there? You want to yeah, go let's for start, it? Yeah, okay. let's, start this. let's get this okay. out of the way. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is Will's favorite fight right here. This is, uh, yeah. So this weekend we have the stellar main event. God damn. <laughs> of, uh, Jack Hermanson versus Joe Piper. I am interested to see this fight regardless of what Will says. Um, I think that it's, I think, I think, I think it's pivotal for both these two in their career, giving the stylistic matchup. We have Hermanson more grapple heavy, Taking on Pfeiffer, the you know more power striker. Um, both of these guys need to be able to deal with the opposite at this, especially you know at the highest level. And so I think that this is going to be an interesting fight. Um, and I want to hear what your thoughts well, are. I didn't say I wasn't interested in this fight. I just didn't think it should be headlining a, a fight card. Well, they've oversold all the, you know, know, they've overdone all the other cards. So I, know. I hate to tell you, but this is what it's going to be like for a couple months, dude. Uh, that's fair. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, I, you know, I I'm trying to stay simplistic in my approach to this fight because you you, you pretty much nailed everything. Um, but it's like the ascending fighter and the descending fighter. Right. You right. know, Hermanson is the descending fighter. Pfeiffer yep. is the ascending fighter. Yep. Could Pfeiffer get caught in something on the ground and get submitted? Sure. Yeah. Um, but Could in, Hermanson lay on top of him and get a decision? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but I think it's far more likely that uh, Pfeiffer gets the win and yep. gets the stoppage. Yeah. He ends up he ends up hurting him really bad. Yeah. KO TKO. That's what I see too. Uh, Danny Gay versus Andre Feely. Um, I like this matchup, too. Um, Danny Gay's ranked number 13, but Andre Feely has uh, put together a nice, what, couple win streaks. He uh, has, yeah. So, that was a fighter um, yeah. that I thought was on the back nine, and maybe he still is. Um, but, yeah, he has. He's kind of had that little bit of a career resurgence. Yeah. And Dan 50K Ige, um, you know, bonus machine. Not that he always wins, but he always puts on an exciting, entertaining fight. Yeah. So Feely has just won one fight because he lost the fight before that. But, you know, still good. Still still interested to see it. Um, yeah, anything else? Jump off. Our boy, Michael Johnson, fighting on there. Michael Johnson's still fighting. I mean, we got Gregory Robocop Rodriguez and Brad Tavares. Um, you give a fuck about that fight? I mean, I, I think it'll be a banger. I like, don't give a I, fuck about that. Okay, fight. I mean, they're going to punch each other. I guess. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, there ain't nothing else on there. I don't no. think. Yeah, I like this uh, Armin Petrosian versus Rodolfo Vieira. That'd be yeah, as long as it actually goes down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, looking at all these fights, we don't know how many of these are signed. So I mean, we'll have to see. <laughs> no, I'm not, not because it's not signed, but I think I think um, Rodolfo. Vieira and, and Petrosian have been scheduled to fight twice and it's fallen through oh. on within like the week or a few days of the fight. Of the fight? Yeah. <sighs> I think it's happened twice now. God damn it. So yeah. third time's a charm? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Wasn't Armin, didn't he fight or was supposed to fight and he got sick? Yeah. In the Yeah, remember that? Yeah. And fucking somebody poisoned him? That was what was talked about? Uh, yeah, that was what was talked about. They thought he might have been poisoned. So Moving on. Okay. Uh, we have uh, one Fight Night 19 coming next weekend. This is uh, one on Prime 19. So this will be something that you don't have to uh, you don't be have up to, at midnight you don't to have start to be up watching. At midnight to watch it. You don't have to... Or 2 a.m. here in the mountain time. <laughs> you don't have to pay money on pay-per-view. Yeah. To watch it. Um, I love these cards. I mean, if you're paying for Prime, you already paid for that motherfucker. That's true, but I get a lot out of Prime. Yeah, you do. I love Amazon, but I get a lot out of Yeah, you do. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm looking at the names on this card, and I'm stoked. Yes. Uh, I think there's going to be... Haggerty putting his title on the... His Muay Thai title on the line uh, this time against Felipe Lobo. Uh, Samapatch Fairtex. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yep. Um, in a bantamweight Muay Thai fight. Yep. Muhammad Yunus Rabah, which will be a good fight. Like, I expect Simapetch to win, but Rabah's no joke, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Um, our boy, Hiroyuki Tetsuka. Tetsu- Is that the Japanese beast? Yep. Stoked to see that guy fight yep. again. Um, Tetsuka. He's only got five fights in, but I think, I think he's going to do really good. Liam Nolan has been, uh, he's one of these UK. Muay Thai phenoms that's mm. 
coming out. Um, I expect him to get the win. Uh, that'll be a good fight. Um, and uh, Tong Poon Senchai. Yep. Against Timur Chuikov. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but it's a one card, so the chances of these fights delivering are going to be, uh, you know, pretty good, all yeah. things considered. So. Yep. Yep. Um, and then we get to the big UFC 298 pay-per-view two weeks from now. Main event, Alexander Volkanovsky putting his featherweight title on the line against Ilya Teporia. Feels like we've been waiting for fucking ever for this fight, but we're close. We're pretty close. <clears throat> yeah, I'm excited for this fight. Uh, Ilya's talking a big game. He seems really confident. Um... Alexander Volkanovsky at featherweight is a tall order, pun intended. Because um, Volk's really short. Yes, I got that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. How do you see that fight going? What do you think? Like, I don't, you don't have to like make your picks right now, but... I mean, I've been saying this since the beginning. I think that Ilya is going to win the fight. Um, here's my thing with it is that, like, I know that Volkanovsky... Um, recently has come out and talked about it and I think he's paying like way more attention to the tactics of Ilya Taporia than really need be. Um, recently Taporia came out and, you know, changed his social media profile to say that he's the champion, the featherweight champion. So that's how confident he is in himself. And it really riled Volkanovsky up. And he did an interview talking about how he was going to humble him and the rest of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you needed to get rumbled, if you needed to get, um, you know, any kind of more motivation after just getting knocked out in your last fight, I mean, there you go. Um, I personally, and I, I'm a big Volkanovski fan. Like, I don't want to fucking make it sound like I'm not. But I think that, uh, you know, Volkanovski may be setting himself up here for um, significant failure um not just in the fight but i mean if he lets that kind of stuff get to him on a personal level and then illy ends up winning i mean that can crack your psyche you know what i'm saying especially when you've been as dominant as you have for so long and then you get knocked down then you you know have another guy say you know push you out of your own weight division and stuff i mean it could be and that's the kind of things that i i worry about from Volkanovski where I'm like, dude, don't worry about that shit. Just worry about what you got to do with your fight and perform. That's the only thing you need to do. You know <clears> what I'm saying? So Yeah, so Ace is the resident armchair MMA psychologist, in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I see these things. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I agree. I agree here. And not just for that, but he also seems to be obsessed with lightweight. Because he continues to talk about, after he wins this fight, still focusing on lightweight and not taking another featherweight contender until he gets more more lightweight fights. And it's one of those things, especially at the end of your career, not saying this is the end of Volkanovski's career, but he is getting older, especially yep. for those lighter weight classes. Yep. And this is one of those things that gets you into trouble, right? Yes. Is looking past serious contenders like yeah. Ilya Topuria. And not being focused where the focus needs to be. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I, I echo those sentiments completely. Paulo Costa versus Robert Whitaker. Is this fight going to happen? Anybody's bet. <laughs> I'm betting it doesn't. Okay, so let's say it does happen. Oh, I got Whitaker. Ah, 
o'clock, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I got Paul, Costa never fights, dude. Dude, I know, dude. I and know. He's, and he's not nearly active enough in fight to to do anything. I know. He's got he's got the proverbial puncher's chance. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But after Whitaker getting knocked out by DDP, yeah. I think he's going to be even more cautious. He's going to be even more defensive. I think this is you a bad fight gonna be, for Paul. You don't think he's going to be chinny? I don't. God. He didn't get he didn't get slept by. I know. I know. You know. I know. He didn't get chinny after Izzy knocked him out. I know, but you know he's just he's getting older and shit. And that's I just, true. I no, that's know. true. And Paulo, as as for fucking everything else you can say about him, which you can say a lot, um, the dude does have power, and he hasn't fought a lot, and so that could you know play for his benefit. For it could, but I think fighting a guy like Whitaker, you need to be active. Yeah. Yeah, and Costa just hasn't been. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, he definitely hasn't been. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth with that fight. Uh, Jeff Neal versus Ian Gary. You big time on your boy. Is that who you feel is going to win this? Here's what I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> I've got more to say on this later, but, um. Okay. Okay. We'll move but on. I, I, I do. I do. Okay. And, and, you know, the thing is, is you, you do tend to sway me with a lot of the psychology behind this and, and Gary doesn't have a lot going for him on that front. Like as far as in the cage, what I've seen him accomplish and the technique and his fighting style, he certainly has everything he needs to beat Jeff Neal. Okay. Here's my thing. Here's my here's where I get tripped up, okay? Because when I'm trying to think about betting and stuff, I've seen the Gary versus Magni fight, and I've seen, you know, both guys drop each other. And... Neil hits like a fucking truck compared to Magni. Sure. And he's durable as fuck. Sure. So if we have any questions about durability, I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's, I don't know. But Gary's like really precise. He's really tall, really rangy, really good with his precision. All those things seem to be bad for somebody that's more of a slugger brawler type. Like, you know, um, Jeff is, but... I don't know, man. That's the thing about it. That was the big thing about that Magni fight that made me take notice was I was like, damn, this dude, I mean, if if they're, if 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 Magni is dropping him and they're going to the ground over it and doesn't look great, somebody with some power could be a real problem. And I don't know. I mean, so, yeah. I kind of go back and forth with that one, too. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, <clears throat> Marab Davalashvili versus Henry Cejudo. Um, should be a good fight. I think that, you know, not only is Davalashvili the favorite in this fight, but I think it's, you know, definitely warranted. I mean, the guy hasn't lost since, like, 2019 or something. So, Yeah, he's on a good run. He's he's a great, great fighter. He pushes the pace. Um, for me, this comes down to styles, right? Styles yeah. make fights. Yep. And... Throughout history, not many people are as good at Henry Cejudo about dictating how the fight takes place right. and controlling the pace, yep. right? And he has the grappling ability to slow down Mirab Davishvili, and he has the striking ability to land when it counts, yeah. and and I think he hits harder than Davishvili. I think he has a really great chance of winning. Plus, 
Henry Cejudo, for the longest time, has been fighting people taller and longer than him. Right. And this is going to be the first time in a long time where he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. That's so I, I think that bodes well in his favor as well. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, w- I, w- I mean, I- I- I'm a fan of both these guys. I'd really like to see Henry get the win here. Um, just based purely on the fact that Davalashvili is the most exciting fighter. He's a grinder. And grinders, you know, grind, but... When you get to the top, I don't want to see a champion that's a grinder. I just see him grind down, grind down, grind yeah. down. You know, just that's where I get real hesitant about it. So we'll have to see. I know that Henry's talked about it. If he does lose this match, he's probably going to retire. And um, <clears throat> I mean, hey, he doesn't have anything that <clears throat> you know left to really prove or has yeah. anything left to do. So if I that's agree. what he's going to do, that's what he's going to do. And yeah. Um, the fight that I'm looking forward to the most on this card, um, maybe not looking forward to the most, but the one that, um, I am like super, super psyched about is the Anthony Hernandez, Roman Kopilov fight. I completely agree. And I was excited when it was Hernandez versus Alice Karov and then Alice Karov got, Something happened with him, and he and he isn't on the card anymore. But they replaced him with Roman Kabov, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's even better." I'm, ha- I'm way happier with this matchup. Absolutely, these uh, you almost don't want to see these two guys meet so early in their UFC careers, right? Yeah. You wanted to see each one of them maybe get a couple months before, because I honestly thought these are two guys we'd be seeing match up for the title in the top ten yep. in the title for yep. a contender fight. Yep. Yep. Like, both these guys are yep. excellent in the years, fucking in fighters. In a couple years to come or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I felt the same way. But, um, fuck, we're doing it now. Let's fucking do it. Like, I'm fucking, I'm ready. I'm you super. Know? And, and I can't, I cannot pick a winner on this. I, I yeah. Like, I want to go, if I, if I went with one or the other, it would only be because I liked them more, not because I thought they had a technical advantage or an easier path to victory. You know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. More on that later. All right, let's move on. Um, Mandalamos versus Mackenzie Dern. Um, should be a good fight. I mean, depending on which Mackenzie shows up. True. True. If it's the one that recently learned how to strike. I know. Yeah. Might, might not be a bad fight. Might might not. Yeah. She uses those, you know, striking yeah. um, skill sets. Um, Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Justin Taffa. Mark Hunt's little brother. Yes. Yes, one of the Tafas, so I'm all for that. Um, I'm all for uh, Tafa, you know, um, fighting Lima. I think it's a good matchup. I like it. I was surprised to see Lima as the favorite, but maybe it's because he tends to wrestle and go to the ground. He does. And Tafa does not, No. No, Tafa slings that leather. Oh, yeah, he just wants to knock you the fuck out. No, he's Mark Hunt straight up. No, exactly. Exactly. He's not going to throw kicks. Nope. He's not going to go for takedowns. Nope. <laughs> He's going to fucking wally whop you in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah. And, and then drink a shoey. And that's, yeah, and that's what I'm signed up for. So, yeah, other good fights on the card. Uh, uh, Sean Gore versus AJ Dobson. I'll be interested to see that fight. Um, I'm a Gore fan, um, but that should be good. Um, Andrea Lee, Miranda Maverick. Yes. Starting out the card, that's a great fight, especially for women's MMA. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be good. Um, 
Miranda Mavericks up ups and downs in yeah. her UFC career. Um, Andrea Lee, I would say, even though she's <clears throat> lost the last couple of her fights, really questionable decisions. Last one, I thought she won. The one before that could have gone either way. So uh, be really interested to see how this fight plays out. But um, yeah, should be really good. So with that, we will conclude the overall view and let's get to the bets. So last time, neither of us really did really good on the bets. Just going to say that up front. Uh, <clears throat> I ended up doing really good on a last-minute parlay. There I threw go. down on, you know, Natalie Silva and, um, gosh, now I can't even remember the names of the fighters, but, uh, but they were, but it wasn't anything crazy. They were all favorites, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was just rolling with with the odds, rolling with the punches. Yeah. So what do you got? Talk to me. So. I'm going to stick with um, UFC 298, Volkanovski versus Topuria. Um, I don't like the odds <clears throat> in the Jeff Neal, Ian Gary fight. Yeah. I think they're too heavily in Ian Gary's favor. Right. I do think he should win, but anytime you're fighting a fighter like Jeff Neal, the odds should be closer yeah. than they are. I agree. So, so that's my first one. Um, Is Jeff Neal? Jeff Neal. Okay. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's still. It's like two eighty. He's like plus two eighty or something like that. Okay. The other one is, um, I do think Sohudo is going to beat Marab Davishvili. Okay. And he's the underdog. Oh, you're picking two underdogs. Okay. So I am. I'm picking two underdogs. I just, I just, I like the way the odds are sitting on those two fights. Okay. I think. Both those fighters have a better than average chance to win. And, um, you know, if you're going to put down a few bucks on an underdog, I think those are the two best ones. Yeah, um, I can't um, argue with you. I like both of those underdogs as well. Um, Especially Neil for the value, like you said, um, with all the questions at play. Um, as far as with my two picks, I'm going to pick one off of each card. Um, one off of each of the UFC cards. They don't usually put out the one, uh, values until like the day of, sometimes the day before. Right. So I have no way to fucking be able to tell you anything like that. If they did, probably would go that way, but I would do one of those bets. But anyways, yeah. So Daniel Marcos is the, uh, favorite considerably. Um, beat Grant, uh, beat Oliveira, not the Bronx, but the other Oliveira, one of the other Oliveiras. Um, and, uh, he was supposed to fight on one of these last cards and his opponent pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is fighting Akiri Lang. Akiri Lang. And I um, really like Akiri Lang, man. Do you? I do. Yeah. So Akiri Lang is the, um, he's a, 200 underdog mm-hmm. plus 200 underdog so that may be something that you're thinking about um but yeah i like i like daniel marcos liked him since the contender series i've won good money off him and a lot of his fights and i'm gonna keep that rolling in this fight should be a good fight um he's the favorite but that's where that's at i've talked ad nauseum about Ilya teporia so mm-hmm. 
winning over Volkanovski for all my psychobabble bullshit reasons. So, what are the odds um, on that? Right now, okay, so right now on... <laughs> you see, see, I like hesitate from saying the words because like I feel like we're giving them like free fucking... So and, don't. And, you know what so I'm saying? Don't. Just so, whatever you're using, what okay. do you get the odds on? Okay, so on one of them, on the one that we use most yes. often... It is even. It's it, even. That's what even, I was, even. That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But on the other one, um, on one of the other ones, it is he's plus one hundred, Volkanovski minus one twenty. Gotcha. So still pretty close, but not dead even. Yep. The other yep. one dead even money. And as more money comes in, it probably will be. Most people are probably are feeling that same way, but that's not my pick. My pick is Roman Kabilov. That's really? Yes. Nice. Yes. So that is my pick. Um, and here was my rationale for why I went that way. So I went back and I looked at both of the fighters um, in their um, their previous fights, right? Yeah. Both of them are killers. Both of them are killers. I don't want to underestimate either one of them. Um Anthony Hernandez, 11-2. Roman Kabilov, 12-2. Yeah. Okay? Here's one more win. Um, you go back through his... You go back through Anthony Hernandez's um, fights. He's 1-4 over Edwin Subazian, Josh Fremd, Mark Berrio, um, Rodolfo Vieira. Mm-hmm. Lost to Kevin Holland. Okay? Uh, TKO beat Joe Young Park and before that uh lost by submission to Marquez Perez. Okay? Okay. So as far as his losses, he's got one KO loss and one submission loss. When you go to Roman Kabilov, who has one more win, he has um has one submission loss and one decision loss. And eleven wins by knockout. And eleven wins by knockout. Yep. Yep. And so these two are going to fucking throw down. I think that Hernandez, who has... Um, doesn't Hernandez have the same amount of submissions? He has more submissions. So he has seven submission wins, two KOs. Um, and But his KOs are, are phenomenal. Uh, Hernandez's KOs are... One of them's a flying knee, right? And so mm-hmm. um, he's got some good ones. All things considered... Um, as long as Kabilov doesn't put himself in a position to get submitted, um, I think that he will probably win this fight. Um, and I think that um, the record of him... So he lost to Albert Durmanoff by decision. Mm-hmm. And before that, he lost to Carl Robinson. UFC debut. Yes. Not only was his USA de- debut, UFC debut, <laughs> um, but Carl Robinson actually is a light heavyweight. Yeah. He true. fights a light heavyweight. He's a bigger guy. So he was able to wear on Kabilov and do that. Hernandez is not a bigger guy. Hernandez right. does not have the wrestling that Albert Durmanov has. I think that Roman Kabilov has the wrestling to handle Hernandez. I think he definitely has the striking to handle it. So if he's the underdog, I'm putting money on Roman Kabilov. I like it. I like it a lot. So. Um and and yeah, I, yeah, you kind of you kind of swayed me. I know I couldn't pick a winner in that fight, but man, I'm I I do. I want to lean Kopilov. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by finish yeah. even. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely can see it. I mean, yeah, Roman is a fucking tough dude. Anthony Hernandez, definitely. Both these two, like, out of all the fighters recently that, like, I'm really interested to watch, these two are, like, both in my top five. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Like, super excited to see this fight. Um, yeah, really just can't wait. Um, hope that there isn't anything that fucking happens. I don't care if other fight. I don't care if fucking Costa pulls out. I don't give a shit. Um... Just yeah, let's just see let's just see this fight. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So Yeah, I like it. All right. Well with that, we will bid you adieu. Um we'll be back in a couple weeks time. And uh till then. Yeah, enjoy the fights guys. Hostel lasagna, don't get any on you. This has been Snapcast.